0: episode of Cult Following, the podcast brought to you from fine folks who bring you cult classics AZ every month here in sunny Tempe, Arizona. I'm one of your three hosts for this edition. I'm Victor Marino alongside Kirby Nelson and our engineer and muscle, Adam Rakowski. Rar Indeed. So on this episode, we're going to talk about big budget box office failures in all shapes and forms. There's going to be water worlds and sucker punches and even live die repeats. But uh, before we get into all that, I guess we're going to start off with our now traditional what have we been up to in the world of film this weekend, or week, rather, since you've seen us. And, uh, well, I think I'm going to kick this off with talking about, I think we were all very, very saddened at the sudden death of wrestling icon and badass actor Rowdy Roddy Piper a few days ago. Starve, they live and Hell Comes to Frogtown, one of our favorite movie badasses most definitely
1: it's uh it's interesting because a, a couple of weeks ago i mentioned i would picked up a a documentary on uh wwe films pile called uh uh born to controversy which was you know just a, a document retrospective on roddy piper's career and life in and outside of the ring and i mean you know had a you know his best of matches as a bonus disc but the the meat of the matter was the documentary which is uh was really interesting because it covered his entire career um, and then, of course, how he got involved in acting and all that. But uh, I think the parts that were definitely the most interesting. Um, you know, you can reflect on all the the glorious moments of his of his um, different careers. But I think, or elements of it. But I I think it was like he was a really good guy. Like you can tell not only because uh, if you ever met him and stuff, but he also I mean the documentary and stuff. His um his family his you know really really supportive. Whereas a lot of people in you know the business weren't exactly the the you know the best folks with their families i mean you could tell he was really strong in that had you know a lot of values and morals and just you know he was a guy who was just really um genuine that's the best way oh that's why he he would
2: leave now and again the wrestling scene or even the acting scene or both at the same time that like you know he would always emphasize well i just i just want to be with my family yeah like he stopped doing conventions for a while like he just disappeared and then he'd come back for a little bit and he's like okay that i've had enough i've gotten to that point now where it's like i gotta you know spend time with the family
0: you know yeah i I met him a few times and he was like always super nice like one of the things i remember i think the last convention i saw him was uh the stays of the dead last year at uh yeah last year in los angeles and uh One of the things that was cool is, you know, he didn't charge much for autographs or, like, signing. But if you caught him away from his table, he would just take a picture with you and not even charge you you know and he was just like super nice about it I, like a uh, couple years before the l- year before that I, he was supposed to do a they live reunion with uh it was him and keith david and then keith david at the very last minute had an audition or something and ended up bailing and piper was only supposed to be there like one day and they ended up coming the next day for free and signed autographs mm-hmm. all day long so we, we tried to get him to come for a uh, they live screening a few times we tried to book it and it just didn't come through but he was always nice when i talked to him about it he was just like oh I came from phoenix it's pretty far you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was just really
1: he was just always just you know super nice and affectionate and stuff and real kind to people and you know i mean the, you know his character you know he was he was a total heel but you know and that anti-hero kind of thing but you know he would that i mean he played it so well and so perfectly, especially the beloved like Piper's Pit episodes. I mean, is definitely you know one of you know his highlights of that uh, you know part of his persona. But I mean, in film and stuff, you know, he played he played yeah definitely the badass. But you know, he could definitely. I mean, I especially think they live in its social commentary. I always thought he embodied it well.
0: Well, and that was a movie I think was really ahead of its time. I mean, oh, without a doubt. One of the things I think is like. You know, really telling. I mean, John Carpenter was a big wrestling fan. Like, uh, you know, him going to WrestleMania is how he met uh, Roddy Piper and Alice Cooper, and they both ended up starring in two of his movies. You mm. know, they live in Prince of Darkness. But uh, the thing I, I I think is really telling about John Carpenter's eye in casting Pipers. I feel like he's the only other guy besides Kurt Russell that really feels like a carpenter hero. Like, I really like. John Carpenter's vampires, but I don't. I, I always watch that movie, and I feel like James Woods is playing a John Carpenter type here. He doesn't seem like organically
2: in that mold. Like there, uh, there's a there's a certain blue collar thing missing from people who try to fit into the Carpenter world. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like Russell and and uh, Roddy just like nail it. Yeah, because I think that's where they're they're they, they well i don't know if russell has that that ethic or came from that background maybe his his family did i don't know well I've I've been think russell, since no, kid, i think but, true because yeah.
0: like even in his masters of horror short cigarette burns like norman reed totally feels like somebody who's like on right. that edge you know he feels like he could be in a john carpenter movie right but james woods kind of feels like i'm playing a tough
2: guy sort of i don't know yeah and yeah. he always kind of well james woods always kind of sticks out like a sore thumb no matter what he does yeah you know, because like
1: he's a cop. Then he, well, right. And then he just well, feels it's like It's weird cop. because, like, I yeah. feel
0: like he's, like, perfect in video Like, that's his status level. He should be in a movie. Like, that kind of sort of well off guy. Right. I can't see him as, like, somebody who was raised by the Catholic Church to be an assassin type right. guy. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but he works at that. <laughs> I, I completely forgot that because vampires is so forgettable.
0: But um, I, I really like that movie. I it's just feel enjoyable, it just, but it is I feel like it's a movie that could have been better. Which if it had one was in that? Uh, I think it would. Not (laughs) Steven. It's the one who looked like a fat Adam Baldwin. Adam, that was it. I was going to say, you know, that's the
1: game you can play with people is like a six, uh, Kevin Bacon, six years of Kevin Bacon, is is that you could play which Baldwin was in this film and really see if people will know anybody but
0: Alex. To me, like, I was the only thing I ever think about John Carpenter's vampires is one, Maximilian Schell was really, like, chewing the scenery so hard in that movie. Mm -hmm. Two, uh, Cheryl Lee has never looked better in any movie. And the <laughs> lengths John Carpenter goes to the show her off naked in that movie is kind of ridiculous. And three, I cannot believe for a minute Adam Baldwin is like, you know, the kind of role he has. Because he's sort of like the chubby muscle. But then he brings in like fast food, takes a bite of a hamburger and throws it away. And then spits it out. Like you can <laughs> see him do it, It's like, ugh. Phew,
2: I don't know. Just three things that I... It reminds think. me of the uh, pizza cutting scene in Cobra. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why that's always stuck out of my brain. No, about that's that movie. so awesome. Like I- out of any any other than the car scenes, like I was just so fascinated by the car. It was a pizza cutting scene. Otherwise, I don't remember oh, anything see, else always, about that. No, else? Yeah,
0: it has. Yeah, he has his personal pizza in his refrigerator, and he uses this like the world's biggest hunting knife <laughs> to cut out a slice. Does he stab it with a stick and eat it too? You know, I don't know. I just remember him
2: cutting the pizza. Well, a slice I, of pizza I, in yeah,
1: half. I barely, I, I barely remember the film from when I was a kid, but I rewatched it about five years ago. Hadn't seen it since then, and. I don't know if just as a kid you just accept it, but I had so many questions about like when you see them the the cult like the meeting. It's like you know you start writing this this MST3K kind of dialogue in your head like all right, the you, we'll call this meeting to order with the clanging of the axes for the first five minutes. That movie right. is and dying we'll for have, a riff track. Right, like yeah, they can it's, just like this scene yeah. where they're clanging
0: like. Who kills all of Los Angeles's underclass women. We do. Yeah, it's stone <laughs>
1: cutters, without
0: a doubt. But it's just, I mean, like, I really, like,
1: just... It's like pieces, and, like, I mean, when you're a kid, you just don't think about, like, Commando. I was like, right, oh, so much mesh. What's going on here? Like, <laughs> yeah. you just don't think about, like, little details and stuff. And it's just, like, it's just kind of bizarre. But that's a good, really good point on, like, Carpenter's everyman thing. And the one thing I will say about... If ever rep on Kurt Russell and stuff is he's like a super outsider to Hollywood, yeah, and he firmly believes it's because he's like a really diehard libertarian and refuses to follow what pretty much is a very left wing Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't mean this in a Clint Eastwood talking to the uh, the empty chair kind of thing. He just has always believed, like you know, I don't make you know huge huge films, but you know, I I'm a bankable star. I mean, I have successful mainstream Hollywood films. But I mean you look at the guy, I mean, what? Like Poseidon maybe was his last like major
0: Hollywood film. Well, I, and I, he, I and suppose he, so cuz I don't I don't think like I mean, I mean no, Grindhouse I mean, like, was pretty much like an indie It was type an indie series. type thing, but that
1: came before uh, Poseidon was 08 I think, right? It was it 06 or 08? I really can't remember. Uh, I know Grindhouse was oh seven. It came out yeah, Easter, right. Easter weekend on 07. I We'll always remember that. But, um, yeah, know, I mean, that's really, you think about that's kind of like... 06. 06. So, ah. yeah, it was kind of back-to-back
0: there. And that really, I haven't seen him in anything, maybe a bit part. Well, I somewhere. guess he's supposed to be one of, like, the main guys I saw, yes. in the Hateful Eight, the new Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie that's coming out. And I guess he has a new movie that's premiering at Fantastic Fest that has, oh. like, well, that's good to hear. crazy name. I can't remember what it is.
1: I mean, you know, he's a guy. He, you know, it's it's weird because yeah, he's got like, um, you know, it's it's whether you see him as Jack Burton or Snake Pliskin. It's you know, kind of up to you. Captain Ron, come on! Oh, (laughs) God. Not gonna be so stupid. Um, well, I think that would be. I, I, I think love you know, that as a double feature with Cabin Boy. That's my personal favorite. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, if anything, those this, pipes are clean. This tells us, like you know, movie antiheroes is definitely a future podcast topic we'll have to a group, explore yeah. a little bit. But to me, just just to finish off this little segue we've been taking, one of the funniest things I don't know if I mentioned on this before, but like uh, originally uh, Sylvester Stallone was supposed to play. Uh, Axel in Beverly Hills Cop, and uh, one of the reasons he kept wanting to rewrite the script, and eventually they just went to a party of the ways. But originally, Ed, the Eddie Murphy character in that movie was called uh, Axel Cobretti. So when he did Cobra,
2: oh yeah, that's right. He yeah. just kept
0: the same name. He just changed it from Axel Cobretti to Marion Cobretti.
2: Hmm. So it's just
0: one of those things. Like Cobra could have been Beverly Hills Cop. Think about it. Deep stuff. Think about it. Well, rest in peace, Roy Piper. Yeah, um, but other than that, I mean, you know, I, you know, I think what have we been? What have I been watching? This we well, we all we me and Adam saw the new Wet Hot American Summer prequel series, which was, I think miles and miles better than like i'm amazed at how good it
2: was oh they did such a fantastic job i was kind of lukewarm on the film yeah i mean i thought it was good i thought it was funny i thought it kind of dropped out in a few spots but the series we watched the whole thing from like beginning to the very end yeah you know very clean four hours and it was it was hilarious
0: well, I think one of the things that's, you know, anytime they do these kind of reunion series, it becomes sort of this, like, fan It's Like, remember this funny thing we did on the show? Here it is again. And, you know, this, to me, the cool thing about it is They structure the series in a way to not invalidate anything in the movie. Right. You know, they did, like, little bit things that were cool, like the indoor kids Mm -hmm. in the movie were the punk rock uh, gang in this one. Yeah, so there's Easter eggs in there, Yeah, you know, and then I think one of my favorite things was at the end where they had uh, H. John Benjamin's character. Spoiler alert. I said character. (laughs) H. John Benjamin's character tell uh, uh, Janine Garofalo uh you know i think you can rejuvenate this place and everyone will feel 15 years younger by august <laughs> <laughs> you know but it was it was a good it was a good run I, yeah. think.
1: I haven't seen it but i mean i i felt the exact same way that adam described the film i always thought it was funny I just never loved it, like the way people embraced it. Oh yeah, no, I, just I was never, never like had, I didn't I fall interest, into the cult. But I have heard nothing but good stuff yeah. about the series. So yep. it's, and since it's a easy watch, it's probably one I'll check out. Yeah, yeah. Like twenty
2: seven. Because I mean, that's the
1: the really big part is yeah, well, dedicating the time to a lot of these shows, and I
0: just you know, it's just can't do it that yeah. kind of. So that's good that I can give that one a shot. Yeah, so. and uh, the other thing I saw this weekend was a. Uh, mission impossible rogue nation
2: Mm -hmm.
0: which i liked but you know i i I thought it was a good entry in that franchise and you know you've seen all the other ones yes i've seen all the rank
2: what are they Uh, on now six five no this is the 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 fifth fifth. one
0: i still think the first mission impossible is the best one okay i think mission impossible three is the second best one Ghost Protocol, the one after that, part Mm -hmm. 4, is the third best one, and this one would be right after that. That's not to say there's a drop in quality. Mm -hmm. It's just Mission Impossible 1 and 3 are really, really good movies, and 4, you know, it's on par with 4. I'm not saying it's worse, I'm just saying, you know, they're both really good movies. And Mission Impossible 2 I just think is terrible.
2: You know. Yeah, I've only seen the first two. Yeah, I think I might have seen another one, but I don't know. I only Something
1: remember three because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. he he really makes that one. I mean, because he he just plays. Yeah, the villain. The one yeah, yeah that's yeah. classic. To me, to me,
0: like that's kind of like uh, the the main villain in this one was not as good as Philip Seymour Hoffman or uh, Michael Nyquist in the last one. I kinda think you have to have a really good villains.
2: Oh sure, yeah. No, that's the that's the thing for like a Bond movie too. So yeah. Well, say, well that's, that's why, why I really want to like, see
1: Spectre. That's like, why I was really yeah. interested. That's why I really enjoyed Skyfall. I mean, not only because they toned down all of the gadgetry and stuff right. and kinda reinvented it, but because the villain was really good in it. Like I'm sure yeah,
2: compelling it, yeah, and evil it just worked. And,
1: you know, it just well, playing against two, I mean if I was really in a in a situation of basically, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like a lot of the favorite things, like Bond and you know, GI Joe and whatever. You know, you want to you know, talk about these kind of classic franchises. They go, they're all terrorists. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't. You know, people have a very uh, narrow view especially in america of what terrorism is but it can cover a lot of different facets right and it doesn't always of course has to you know within the definition doesn't have to be about money um you know it can be about you know just the spread of you know of terror uh you know of instilling fear in people for a political or a social purpose or just because for chaos you know right. and i just thought that that one but i mean i would go after people's families if i was
0: doing something like that. Yeah. I would go after whatever they loved. I, I will say, I think the the latest run of the James Bond movies has benefited right from the get-go from having, like, awesome actors play the villains, from, like Mads Mikkelsen, and then the last one, Javier and Bardem. Bardem, and, like, Christoph Waltz was, like, born to be a Bond villain. If they get, like, uh, if they do another one, and they get Michael Fassbender versus Daniel Craig, I'm like, that's it. You can't go any higher. Yeah. Agreed. You know? And uh I think the other thing I finally saw Birdman finally saw Birdman. And I actually liked it. Yeah. I, I, I I get why it won best picture yeah. now. It's like, intense. I, yeah, it's very intense. like I but you know the whole like artistic merit of films versus blockbuster right and I honestly the thing I didn't see coming like because I actually I hadn't really researched the movie too much because I knew I'd see it eventually yeah no I didn't
2: really know anything yeah like you know I I didn't
0: know who like it has a really good cast that I didn't realize yeah Um, and then all the magical realism is like really Mm -hmm. good so very worthwhile. Did you ever get around to finally seeing Whiplash, Kirby?
1: I did. I actually did see that, and I did start watching. It. I haven't finished, but I feel already it's a companion piece, mm-hmm. even though this guy's this fox catcher. Yeah. So I'm starting to watch that, but Whiplash, I can already see it. But yeah, the intensity in that film, I mean, definitely, uh, it was, it was pretty massive. I mean, it just like the There were a couple of scenes in that where I'm just like. It, you know not as uncomfortable as it been in some films but you can definitely feel they pu- tried I, I to push that I still think like, I
0: guess now we can probably finally talk about it. like the weird message the ending of that movie sends
1: like did you get that at all? well it's like you know you kind of you, when I'm going through the journey with the character the the main character I'm so sorry I forget his name uh, both the actor, yeah, and Miles, Miles the Teller. Miles Teller is the character, yeah, yeah, which is really weird because I had never seen Insurgent or Divergent, so well, actor. Par- he's those. in everything. I he's mean, like Mister
0: Fantastic
1: in the, the new, yeah. Film. So I haven't seen, you know, I didn't, you know, haven't really made yeah, much of no, a actually recognize them. him either. And so it was kind of interesting, but um, you know, you go through his journey and stuff, and the, the two scenes that really stuck out. I mean, obviously all like the practice shots and stuff like that where he's 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 training. Yeah, I mean, we're like, especially with the ice and all this stuff i mean it it was pretty pretty hardcore i mean um but uh i really thought two of the scenes that hit me hard was definitely the the um uh the en route to his first practice with the rental car incident oh that was so fucked up i mean and just that really uh, i mean not only solidify both characters and their kind of intentions and they their you know it created like an almost comic book showdown and then that for me i, I guess where i'm going with that is that that's how it, the ending played out to me was mm-hmm. that you know obviously it's like this this battle i mean this sh- this complete showdown at the mm-hmm. end i mean without spoiling for anybody who hasn't seen it yet and you know the question is is who wins to me, like did, did either of them really ever win from it? Like, right. yeah. Yo, did they, did they actually get, um, a redemption or damnation or wh- however you want to look at, it. like where did they end up? Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, to me, it's like the curtain closes. It's just,
0: it's just so yeah. weird to me. It's ambiguous. Like, yeah, it's yep. like a weird doomsday device thing. And he, cause he, he sets, uh, JK Simmons character sets up the miles teller one for, What could be an ultimate revenge scenario but he has no backup plan whatsoever so basically he's counting on him to power through this failure and get the one-upsmanship so it's like i was right but then at the same time he's you know it 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 just really makes you think like okay even if either of them come out on top it's still a pyrrhic victory Mm -hmm. on either side You know, they're both really fucked up characters by the end. It starts off like a very, like... Well, clearly, this is the naive student guy who has like some aspiration this is a jaded professor at the end they're both kind of
2: monsters almost yeah yeah oh, yeah they've they you know they've they've like completed each other they've like just like molded like i don't know i'd like folded into each other and yeah then they're the same as, like, person like, uh, yeah, basically right, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: and that's like that's what like i left that movie or you know thinking like oh my god like i you know you want it on a on the face level you're like oh good for
2: him but it's at this uh, you showed him and it's like no really yeah there there's that instant reaction that i had and then the more i thought about it 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 went a little a lot more deeper than that yeah and i would say about at least three or four times i i I stood up from the couch and i was like i had to start cleaning and i was like putting stuff away you know and i was just going god damn it god damn it you know like running around the house yeah and by when it was done yeah i like cleaned the whole house i had like so much of that just nervous energy and like just so much oh, adrenaline that just pumps you with. Yeah.
1: yeah i mean it's it's i mean i don't know it's weird that i've seen more films that have made me anxious in like the last five years than i think i've seen all my life and most of them have been newer films I and mean, it's mm, yeah. you know, made within the last you know five to ten years um i i know i mentioned two others but i mean i'll, I'll put those uh the two things i'll say real quick one is is that one of the other things I felt a lot was that not in the same vein but a similar thing was the way I felt during Black Swan I didn't feel anywhere near the same level but there were a couple scenes in that where I mean it was like that that intensity was there but um uh, I mentioned two films that I mean I, I had a hard it's the only two films I've ever had a hard time watching and one was um the Girl Next Door, the Jack Ketchum novel yeah. adapted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I saw a film, I don't think anyone's really heard of it, but if you can sit through it, go get it. Besides The Girl Next Door, is a film called Eden Lake. And it is. Uh, oh, yeah, I keep one, hearing about Yeah, that. one of the Dimension Extreme films from a few years back, like 70 years ago. But it is uh, like an Irish or an English film, joint film, but it mm-hmm. is. Um, you know about a vacation couple i it's some people keep telling me they go oh yeah it kind of reminds me of like it sounds like when i talk about it, like oh maybe it's like a funny games or something I'm like no no it's not funny games not as strangers yeah it's kind of the same kind of home invasion style I just, I mean, I damn near wanted to get out of my skin at the end of it. Yeah, I just right felt, here. I because what it does is, in all these films, same thing with Whiplash or Black Swan, is, is what the feelings that awakens in me, or the ones that I already knew were there. Yeah, It's like, how far would I go? And that's, that's scary sometimes to really think about. It's fine, you can be in a fantasy of a film, or transport yourself in the role, or transpose, but in the end, it's like it really makes you question. I think that's why a lot of those films... I think critics really like them because they want a film that's an examination. But then audiences are like, yeah, I don't really
0: always want to know those things. I yeah. don't really want to look in the mirror. Well, yeah. that's, like, one of those things I thought was funny. Because I was watching Birdman and, like, halfway through, the, I started thinking, like, this movie really reminds me of Black Swan. It, it's not, like, in, the, in the, it's not dark in that way, but it's, like, dark in a different way. You know, because there it does have this similar aspect of, like, uh, you know, duality where there's, you know... If you've seen Black Swan, I think you'll understand what I mean by the duality aspect mm. of yeah. it, and it's about a, it. It sort of ends in the same sort of way with like a performance that you know c- could end in a
2: character. But didn't, it doesn't. But Birdman doesn't hide what it is. Yeah. there's really no like twist to it or anything. No, it's, it's pretty much on the nose. It does have an odd ending though. Oh yeah, sure. It's a it's, a, it's ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. You know, like to the point where, like, I was like,
0: I wonder if people, like, and then I went on, there's like all these theories about oh, yeah. what the end was. Well, of and movie there's movie a lot of people is. who are just pissed about the ending. Yeah, like that's more like say, general audiences who go say, yeah, Oh,
2: I've that, heard a lot about this, and that's ambiguous. And they're like, That was stupid.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, um, like there's an aspect to the ending. Like, I want to actually, there, there, Michael Keaton's character meets a, um, a New York Times arts writer who says he represents all that is evil about, mo- like, Uh, entertainment that he's a celebrity not an actor and she's gonna destroy his play in a review whether it's good or not and at the end there's a standing ovation and she leaves and you don't you get an idea of what her review might be but not to spoil it you might not right yeah that's all i can say without spoiling it and to (laughs) me i can say i would have really liked to know what she had thought of it sure but I'm not sure that I do.
2: Right. You don't yeah. really... I mean, you, in the end of the day, you don't really yeah. have to. I mean... Yeah. You're just so used to having that closure. Yeah, but you know, that's what I enjoy about films more and more is,
1: is that I, I like ambiguity. I like the idea that... Um, you know it's not decided that mm-hmm. there's still some open-ended because that's what music and, and books and art should be it should be open to interpretation i mean it doesn't mean that something can't be you know more whether you want to say more kindly like something very succinct and, and you know uh organized and mm-hmm. uh you know all the loose ends tied up or you want to say it's just cut and dried and it's formulaic but at least there's I like somewhere, you know, a lot of times in the middle, but occasionally I really want the extreme. It just depends on the film. But certain things I do not want a tidy resolution to because that's not how real life works, especially in films that are like character examinations Mm -hmm. or drama. But I mean, you know, most people, you know, it's like when it comes to horror films, people always go, well, you know, everything is, you know you know nice and you know in a box at the end you know the villains defeated or the monster or whatever and i said yeah but all the really great horror films it isn't at all like all of them i mean i can't think of a single one where it is you know at the end oh yeah everything worked out Mm -hmm. because it's not going to right and it could be the more realistic horror films or even the very fantastical i mean they're they're all they have some kind of thing but i mean all films in general that can do that and have it well it's like yeah sometimes you need a feel good movie i'm not you know it's just like you want to listen to a pop song or something like that or you want to listen to something without a huge amount of substance but most of the time I, I mean at least for me especially as i get older i i need uh you know something to sink my teeth into and most importantly something i can't remember 90 percent of the films i see anymore yeah. so i
0: need something well, to dwell I mean, that's on that's the thing like I, I think part of the reason like for example american psycho works so well as a horror movie is because you don't know if it actually happened or not based on the ending. Right. You know, it's just you're left with the sense that uh, Patrick Bateman is clearly a sociopath, mm-hmm. but whether anything he did in the movie actually happened is up to interpretation or if it's just a comment on privilege and how people in his position can get away with anything, mm-hmm. which there are certainly clues left for that interpretation.
2: Well, and that's why I think Mr. Robot is so compelling to me right now because I yeah. don't even know what's real and what's not real. Oh, my God. What's in his head? The last head.
0: episode was so crazy. I, like, I haven't watched it. Um, Yeah, you need to watch. I'm not going to spoil it. Man, <laughs> I that, that watched episode it yeah, i, I got to go, go in, all. in on this, this one. This past week's episode tense man that that's all yeah, because saying. the
2: the one before this one was kind of blasé so that's why i was just oh yeah no this I'm is one of sure those episodes where like things it, it, happen okay cool things happen yeah <laughs> i can't get yeah well, not that it matters i'm still gonna watch oh it yeah no
0: i'm not gonna spoil it i just think i was the less i knew the better but okay. I, I you know i told ruby like oh my god mr robot this week oh my god <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, so that's pretty much all I've watched this week. I don't know if there's anything you, you guys would like
2: to throw in. Adam? Oh, uh, yeah, while well, we already went over the, uh, the Wet Hot American Summer first day at camp. Uh, there were two things that I, I noted. I did see soaked in bleach. Anyone? Anyone? Oh, okay. So I need to know,
0: like, how does this stack up with uh, the recent uh, oh,
2: this, this one is... exploitation No, no, no. Movement. This one is completely left field. This is all like conspiracy theories. Yeah, is from what I, this
0: is from the, um, the guy in Kurt and Courtney, the uh, Tom Grant, the uh, detective, right? Yes. Okay. Um, For those who don't know, and he, this is the guy who Courtney had hired correct. to investigate the disappearance. Yes. And then apparently he became convinced that Courtney killed Kurt. Had something
2: to yeah. do with the conspiracy and the death of... Of Kurt Cobain. Okay. It is far and beyond any of the other ones that I've seen. Okay. This one has Uh, recreations from what I understand.
0: Yes. Okay.
2: Because... Courtney did not want to sign off of this. She tried to stop the uh, movie being released, um, saying it was all slanderous, whatever, whatever. But this detective guy, he he recorded everything. Any phone conversations ever had? Are, are these in the movie? Yes. Oh, okay. And they play it. I mean, you hear her talking. Some stuff is recreated. Well, they'll, they'll you'll hear the tape recording because he had one of those little dictaphones. Okay. So it's not the best quality. So it'll start out, you'll hear Courtney's voice, but then the actress will pick it up from okay. there so you hear like the first line or whatever and then uh-huh. they'll pick it up but i mean they make a very you know uh strict point that you know these are from you know actual recordings of the investigation and da da that 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 um as you know just like a pulp piece no matter i mean however you watch it and how seriously you take it it it's still entertaining in the way that you would watch um I don't know what are those shows like Dateline that's NBC. That's why I was
1: just gonna say, especially when you start saying that it's the real recording and that trails right. off into the recreation. I was like, oh, so it's Dateline, basically. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, kind of. If you're taking it from a detective's perspective, that's kind of how you have to do it because yeah. they're going to be very procedural and.
2: And I thought they, know. I thought they did a really good job, and there is some really damning things in Courtney Love's. Uh, misinterpretation of things or things she said or coincidences mm-hmm. that are really hard to ignore and he's still trying to get some sort of like civil action yeah I guess, or I, opening up like cold case files or even get well i guess there's not there all they said is that he committed suicide and yeah. that's it case closed mm. he's trying to get like a new suit yeah, her.
0: I mean, I feel bad for him because I feel like he's basically on a fool's errand trying to make sense of Courtney Love, right? You know who? I mean, if, if what was the one that we were all talking about last time? The montage, HBO, of, uh, montage yeah, just, of heck. Yeah. And I mean, the stuff she says on that documentary makes her sound like an absolute nutter, and mm-hmm. that's one she approved of, right? You know, like trying to make sense of Courtney Love is like you know trying to you know make sense of Courtney Love. It's pretty hard. I mean, one of the things you guys missed off, we were discussing uh, Kurt Cobain stuff off the air, and we were talking about how a few years ago, uh, well, in the 90s, Nick Broomfield had made a documentary called Kurt and Courtney that at the time seemed very believable. It also had Tom Granite, in it, and they were talking about, well, was this... You know, the same question we're asking here is, was Kurt Cobain murdered and was Courtney, you mm. know, one of the masterminds? And at the, and at the same time, Nick Broomfield had pretty much convinced himself, oh, yeah, no, she's a mastermind. And this was like a, a stepping stone to become an act. You know, it didn't age well because clearly she didn't, you know, Courtney
2: Love is a megalomaniac. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's his whole point was, yeah, that she was she was jealous of Kurt. Um, they were in the middle of a divorce, mm-hmm. uh, and their nanny was in on it with Courtney. So this whole thing that she was setting up with the investigator was to, um, basically use it as like an, like a alibi. Oh, like a film noir type thing. Yeah. Okay. So that she had other people who were like working with her in conspiracy to kill Kurt. He was the patsy, see. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, for just the interest factor of it, I mean, even though it's kind of like watching that that uh, uh, you know, room two thirty seven. Yeah, it's you. You kind of just have to enjoy the entertainment value of it. I, Kirby's like I'm totally only, I'm just losing because well, right
1: no, I'm a huge. I mean, I can't even tell you about the Kirby Cobain years, but I mean, like I'm a I was a huge Nirvana. I grew Which up. Which is in the Seattle. documentary I want
2: to see? Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm actually. I mean, that, there's a book actually uh, that one of the like fluff books written after. Kirk Cobain died. That his pictures from the um, the uh memorial. I'm actually in one of them. It's like it's crazy to think how much. Uh, i actually that's one of my i probably mentioned it once is probably one of my if i ever want to have bragging rights and some is i saw nirvana's last american show in mm-hmm. january 8 1994 at key arena in seattle and i mean best show i've ever seen probably since by any band but it's like i mean nirvana was so integral and integral in my um musical development and stuff like that and my feelings and my exposure to like punk and hardcore and even metal and a lot of other stuff i mean but just the ideas of art and the bands they brought up I mean it was it was such a huge connection I mean and I I got I'm obviously far from the only person who's ever felt that way as I've gotten older do I listen to Nirvana a lot? not really Mm -hmm. but it's still like and, and I think that's why these documentaries and these films come out is because not just a conspiracy thing but because people want something more I mean they did the box sets they've done all the cleared most of the vaults you know I mean it, you know, it's done. Like there isn't a whole lot of information left. And some people say, "Well, that's a breeding ground for you know this kind of um, line of thinking, right?" Or these investigations. But it's like, look, I'm not trying to go into this like you know, yeah, like a Lee Harvey Oswald with Kurt Cobain's you know head superimposed, or Nirvana was an inside left job, and to but, the right, yeah, left and to <laughs> the right. But it's like you, you have to like have. There, there always has been speculation. I, I mean, because of Courtney Love's like absolutely bizarre behavior, her, um, her real, you know, obviously a huge, um, divide with, uh, Dave Grohl especially, but even also with Chris Nova Ovisselic and a lot of the family, even people who were, um, you know, not as involved or hadn't had as much contact with Kurt in that time period, it was still, you know, they've asked questions. People continually have issues with it and they probably are going to forever i mean in kirkobain they'd say well he set himself up i mean he was obviously depressed he was he suffered from numerous medical issues um you well, know this he movie had, actually um, addresses yeah that. Oh, he, he had an ongoing all- interesting. interesting yeah oh, they well, actually Sarah.
2: didn't that he was on the road to recovery oh right. no no, no. But i meant that like yeah time. but before yeah. that he did but anyways um well definitely worth checking. so where did you see that one uh, that one. What is that? That art theater? Cause it's just... Valley Art. Oh, was it Valley Art or Harkin Shea? Scott's? I think 2014? it was a Shea. Yeah, it was a Shea one. Hmm. Yeah, okay. where it has that weird like
0: yes. parking. Oh, cool. I want to go. Check it looks that like out. the big columnade. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah.
2: Shea. Cool. Uh, Anything and else? then. This is the big one that I'm laying out of the bag, which is going to lead... Well, no, you do you have any stuff, Kirby? I have quite a bit, so... Well, do you want, do you want me this to... Because this one hey, kind of leads let into why I got it, into the Adam, topic. And we'll do the okay. segue.
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll run through my list here real quick. Um, I actually had strep throat uh, the last week or so, so I'm just getting my voice back and um, feeling not like total shit, so um, I was finally able to start working through my stack of stuff, so... Um, the first one is that I got on uh, one of scream fa- or shout scream factory sales is uh, one uh, I know Adam probably has seen. I think Victor has too, but is the uh, decline of Western civilization. Oh, I've yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah. I haven't gotten the box. Yeah, yet. and it is. Um, I remember seeing the first two, the metal years and the, the metal years. years is the best. Yeah, man. the metal years is, is amazing. Um, but it is a really uh, enjoyable. Time capsule of um, LA in the '80s and '90s, and it's something absolutely uh, worth checking out if you have any interest in punk, hardcore, metal, any of that kind of stuff. Um, and then the third documentary is actually on like um, crust punks and stuff like that, on kind of like the gutter punk movement and, and whatnot. And it's um, it's really um, that one's you know very depressing, of course, because of everything, but um. Penelope uh, Spheris, I think is how you yes. pronounce it. Yeah, she is, you know, it's she was very, you know, one of the folks, I mean, i definitely say who, you know, just, you know, really excellent yeah, documentarian. Like the, like, the,
2: like the Anne Leibowitz of the time. Yeah, right? she basically yeah.
1: just did things and let it ride. You yeah. know, she didn't interfere. I mean, she's just so good, and it's, it's awesome to finally see this got great commentaries excellent behind the feature uh scenes and stuff yeah, it's lots of it. added content if if it's something you're into check it out it's totally worth um it. is completely worth it um are really enjoyable the whatever five and six hours flew by <laughs> um i did uh also on the documentary tip finally check out because it guy to netflix's uh uh lost soul which is oh, the yeah. uh, making of uh, Richard, Richard Stanley's yep. Island of Dr. That Moreau? I was very big on that one. Yeah. Um, uh, great guy that me and Victor know. David Gregory, the guy who runs seven films, he made it. Um, he is, it's just really. Uh, a great um a great and tragic story. Mm-hmm. Um I actually just met Richard Stanley for the first time at um Lovecraft Film Fest in May. He um he came out and stuff and I'm you know, I'm a fan of hardware and Dust Devil and he's just a really out you know, really outside thinker and stuff like that and Is artist. he working on anything new? He did um he did the film uh short film Rain of or uh, Plague of Frogs, Rain of Frogs. I'm trying to with what the I am so sorry my Plague name sentence. No 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 it's not play Rain of Frogs is the Lost Boys comic it is uh Lord of Toads and oh, it is in okay. the Theater Bazaar um Oh yeah that uh, David Gregory poem. also did Yeah that's yeah, how yes, he actually so that, met him. Yeah yeah. yeah yeah so and that was um is a very Lovecraftian um film um and is is absolutely awesome so Mm -hmm. check it out um yeah he's i guess got some things he's working on but he you know and and part of how that film covers it so um i really enjoyed that one if you like documentaries you like richard stanley films uh worth checking out um i picked up on um a blind buy i love anthology films speaking of which which is um so I picked this film. It's called Creepers, and it's um, only available online. I think I don't know if it's available streaming anywhere, but it's uh, um, got a bunch of story. It's an anthology of short stories. Joe Lansdale, David Show. Uh, it's got an Edgar Allan Poe story. Uh, I got it's like a limited run of like three or four hundred copies, but I this think is it's a still, book or a movie? No, a movie. Oh, um, and I think it's still available. I mean, it's it's definitely more. Um, you know, it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's to- totally low budget because all the films seem pretty decent production quality, but mm-hmm. uh, not the best horror anthology I've ever seen, but I liked it and I like people still doing those. So if you want to support some independence, definitely worth checking out. Um, and then I. I had the misfortune of seeing two films, one of which may be the one that you're leading into, but I don't know. So I saw, um, because other people wanted to see it, I saw Pixels. Uh huh. Um, and you I. You can stop right there. Yeah, yeah that's just, pretty stop, much just it. Stop. That's pretty much it. I just. Adam Sandler just stopped. No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm
2: saying this is going to be my lead in. Yeah, Pixels. Stop, stop, stop yeah, oh, okay. so Once you're, you get to oh, yeah. the rest and of your then, list, oh, and yeah, then we'll. Yeah, sure. Go and into then pixels. the other one was.
1: Um, uh, but i also leads to what we're talking about is tomorrowland oh. um which i didn't ever get to see I actually that saw the, the dollar theater i saw yeah. this at the dollar theater and um you know it's um like i said we can talk about more when yeah we then, can talk about that yeah so i'll um so i'll run through and then the last thing i want to say is that there is um uh Quick things is that uh, as uh, we were talking about music, I actually got to attend the um, King of the Monsters Fest this weekend here in Mace, Arizona at the Historic Nile Theater. Uh, it was the 20th anniversary of the King of the Monsters label, which is an excellent um source of um, independent hardcore metal punk and stuff, but they had a huge fest. Brought out bands who have never come to the West Coast. Bands who haven't played in 10, 20 years. Um, So getting to see bands like Culture and uh, Groundwork and uh, uh, Chokehold uh, Infest, all I can say is Man, I especially went for Culture and Chokehold who are two of my favorite bands from the mid '90s. was just awesome. So um, hopefully, check out some videos if you weren't able to attend. Um, and then uh, I actually I saw some other great bands, saw uh, Defeated Sandy and stuff. So it's been it's been a good weekend for music. What? Except I was still kind of sick. I was about but, to
2: say for a sick person. Yeah, yeah I was I still kind
1: of sick. But um, the other things I caught, up on of course, is watching on those TV shows where I have a hard time committing to completing it all. But um, I'll talk about two. One, the more unknown one is, is that um, it's actually got two seasons now on Netflix, and it was, I believe, on Sci-Fi or one of them. But it is the show Bitten? Uh, a lot of people write it off as like a kind of like a Twilight. It's like a paranormal romance thing, mm-hmm. but it was written. I read the books years ago by this author, Kelly Armstrong. And actually, Angelina Jolie bought them and optioned it. She wanted to star in the first film, which was called which was called Bitten, the first book. Mm-hmm. And um, it didn't end up working out because that was about the time of the Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And she just kind of, I guess, just never ended up doing it. But it's um, you know a series about werewolves. And then it ends up devolving into the other world, which is like witches and stuff like that. Uh, really unique series. The television series in both the first and second seasons doesn't, to me, capture the the really unique nature of the books but um, if you're into any of that kind of stuff Is it
2: kind of tongue in cheek or does it take itself, does the books take themselves seriously? No, it's is got it?
1: some humor and stuff, it's not like a satire or anything, it, there was a series of people, like pre-Twilight like a lot of these books and stuff Like even so Was it true a young blood, adult No, it's not oh, a young okay. adult, this is definitely for adults a lot of sex and stuff, a lot of like heavy erotica so uh, like not a as,
2: True Blood kind of thing? Yeah,
1: there was another the, the main series of that though is this, the um, Anita Blake Vampire series by um, Laurel K Hamilton, which mm-hmm. the first five books are still great, but you know, it's one of those ones like I, I kind of get some shifty looks or like odd, but I'm like, a lot of these were good for the time. I mean, this is 10, 15 years ago, but I mean, I've reread a few and still think they, they're, you know, especially strong female protagonists, some well done stories. Um, but unfortunately, trying to bring these things to television, I even think True Blood just didn't work as well as it should have, but I have never even come close to finishing that series so sure um and it then the other be one which i see <laughs> yeah, exactly uh some people are talking about but i, I feel like it's kind of died off though is um i'm uh, actually watching as it happens finally a show is um scream which i don't know if anybody's watching on MTV?
0: mtv series yeah and is and yeah been watching so, i could watch it on hulu but um I mean, I'm just—I'm not a big fan of the Scream franchise. So Ditto.
2: I'm, then you I'm, really wouldn't like it. Yeah, that's—I you know, have yeah, a bias a kind of thing. So. You know, but
1: yeah, it's—I'm um, a fan of the series. I have been since I saw the first film. I definitely think it has a lot of weak spots, but I still enjoy it. Um, this series, though, is just not that good. It's just because it just—it's not even just that it doesn't really play on the Woodsboro Ghostface mythology. Mm. There's some great. In jokes and stuff, some of the meta self-referential humor, but overall, well, just, I mean, it's I have basically one, a bad one point series. of
0: curiosity about this. Yeah, sure. is does it c- continue from the movies or like? No, it's okay, a, a completely different it's the same kind of environment obviously but does it have like similar characters or the same characters played by different people okay nothing all right those are two strikes i I don't have with (laughs) yeah no
1: no it's just like it's just one of those ones where i i think i gave it a shot because honestly another series again kind of going off on the tangent but i really i haven't kept up with it much but the first couple seasons at teen wolf i thought was actually a way better show than i ever expected
0: it's really weird how mtv suddenly got into to this like uh reviving horror franchises they business. Just, I don't like I didn't, I haven't even been paying attention but yeah, they've been having a g- lot of luck with this. So, yeah. yeah. So, but
2: Remember I mean, when the they used to play music videos? <laughs> <before>? <laughs> well,
0: yeah. Well, I thought we were just going to talk about the road uh, road
1: <laughs> uh, rules uh, real world challenge or something. I mean, they I I haven't watched MTV actively in so long. All these shows I discover, yeah. this is the only one I I'm, I'm I'm
2: having what? the ability to watch, but See, and I and I get sucked into watching Catfish. Even you know for his like his fake and and plastic that it I is. Know. I,
0: the first season almost seemed they real. have.
2: Well, yeah, and then uh, so, so, sequentially after that they just you know it did yeah. Anyways, talking yeah. about the real horror of uh, of life. Yeah, but I but I've noticed what they do now is kind of almost the um like how CW does it where the show almost almost becomes um. A marketplace for the soundtrack for the music. Yeah, but especially for Catfish because you you know you can just go to MTV.com and you can watch some of the shows and they you know they put them on there. Yeah, but at the bottom they'll tell you the song name, the band. You know, it's a, it's almost like a video, but it's not a video. They're the ones yeah. who
1: didn't make into the Starbucks or iTunes commercial.
0: Right. Well, but here, they're that, trying really hard. One day we can talk about this, and I'll explain to, you know, why MTV doesn't play music videos. But that's why they do it, so they can make money off the mentions of right. the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I know that was a really long yeah, debrief, but change. when you're sick, that's yeah. what you end up doing. So Yeah, no, that's good. So, uh, let's so let's get into the, uh, ready? the beat of the... Let's drop the bomb, oh, are Adam. Oh, you ready?
2: Adam Bomb, let's do this. <laughs> are you, are you going to intro into the... That was my what DX the? intro. Are you ready? Boom, boom. Oh, do, so do, do, do. what are we discussing?
0: What's the meat and potatoes of the... Big budget
2: box office failure. Suck oh. it. Yeah. Wow. Break it down. <laughs> uh, so the, kind of the genesis of, of where this topic came from is when uh, I uh, drugged and to go see and i mean drugged not dragged <laughs> to see uh <laughs> to see pixels yeah and uh
0: which we famously have been debating watching for a while right it's like oh that seems so cool except adam sandler right yeah that doesn't sound the, very like
1: sitcomy that sounds like like roofies and duct tape when you say <laughs> that, that sounds town. very
0: bill calls <laughs> me
1: uh
2: you know i well i mean i i I guess the trailers really didn't do much for me, you know, and it's a lot of the same complaints that that other people had was, you know, it's ripping off, you know, Futurama or, um, what is the, what is that one play ready, set, go or whatever? Ready player one. Ready player one. I never read that. I don't really know much about it, but I heard there was some connections, loose connections, um, to that type of thing. Yeah. And then Kevin James and Adam Sandler, it just is, it's just it seems so unappealing, but yet again, I just I wanted to see it. I wanted to check it out for myself. I thought it would look really cool in 3D. I am a fan of 3D. Um, went, I, I laughed my ass off, and I actually liked it a lot. Really? I want to see it again. Now, it didn't do very well in the first weekend, but it's already getting the the people that don't like it don't like it the people that really like it have been promoting it more and it's actually starting to make money now well no it's not actually making money it's making better money it's making a closer to a little bit more than half of what the budget was um in the u.s yeah which is pretty much where it's going to top out but i mean i don't think you know it in in the world of like box office bombs it's actually turning out not to be one yeah
1: I was I gonna mean, say I, like I, China, I, I, but they couldn't sneak no anyone no. well, in, Here's Age the problem. I read
0: style. I read an article about this. I think it was the Hollywood Reporter or maybe Vanity Fair. And it was called "Did Pixels Kill the Boys Only Blockbuster?" Because basically, because of the subject matter and how expensive it was, a lot of these movies are depending on overseas uh, movie tickets to bring them into the black. Mm-hmm. That's why if you watch Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Those two credit you'll see Paramount, and then you see one for uh, the Chinese for the Chinese me- media channel, and then one for Alibaba in India. Right. Because there are prominent, uh, you know, Chinese well, and it, Indian actors, so it can get played in those countries, especially true. China, which has a lottery on right. foreign releases. But basically, it's like, Pixel's only chance to make its money was in the U.S. and maybe England, and it's just not done. At, and it, it just goes into the indictment of his style
2: of humor, and how it's been diminishing returns. Right. And it's not It's not a perfect movie, but it. I felt like a kid again. If... Uh, A lot of things that I hear and that I can completely understand, if you're a 10-year-old kid, 12-year-old kid, you're going to have a lot of fun. And I'm going to say this, and I might get lambasted for it, and 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 maybe like eighty six and like kicked out of the room and no, out of the podcast.
1: No, we all have different opinions. We all have. <laughs> hey, we already had the Garden State conversation oh, yeah, right. with yes. Jason.
2: We're, we're and where is he? He's, he's not <laughs> here, right? See my point. No, he went this, back to his home. But climate. no, I'm I'm going <laughs> to Uchi style. I I have to say that. Well, I guess it's not. We it's not so you, bad to say this. Um, Jason rules. The, this really could have been had the potential of being this generation's ghostbusters i i could see that from there the were so many terrible uh plot devices um there were there were things that that they never followed through with um uh different characters that that had the potential of you know like filling filling it out a lot better than it did so it, it just kind of seemed like they they just kind of mashed all these scenes together without any kind of exposition like how did they get all the way to england and then all the way back to america yeah. just by snapping your fingers like even if you were on like a sonic super jet it would still take you at least like 10 12 hours to get from one place to the other but all of a sudden they were just like there uh uh, d- different story arcs that never got resolved. There was, you know, there was uh, misogynistic tones in there, too, even though, like, the, um, you know, that the banter between males and females w- were pretty even. It was pretty lopsided, though, too, where Which this is, is where I think, like, Adam Sandler is, like, yeah, losing that's the audience the in there. That's course
0: with Adam Sandler. Yeah.
2: And that's know? where he's losing the audience yeah. at that point. But overall, I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved Peter Dinklage in it. I loved, um... Uh, what was the one guy with the, 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 oh, the guy? Gadd. I thought he was funny. Um, well, I've heard people, I, I mean, I haven't seen this movie. I will watch it eventually, but
0: m- I think what most people are aware of is there was a YouTube video that was going around where this guy very critically went in and spoiled the entire movie in a five minute long rant. And then that article I read in the Hollywood Reporter I don't just even kind think of it went takes five minutes to yeah. like spoil. No, they just went in and like just like basically Josh Gad's storyline in this movie is yeah. like the big deal buster, and I, I I know everything about it because I've read. They they have no qualms about spoiling it to try to like you know derail the movie. Yeah. And you know it's this whole thing where he's really into a video game character. Well,
2: see, and I stayed away from all that stuff yeah. before I even saw the movie. The only I had thing I had was just that one trailer. Yeah. So for me, there were there was enough in the movie that where there were little surprises mm-hmm. and the kind of weird uh, like. Sexual things, uh, yeah. uh, fetishes that uh, Peter Dinklage had and requested. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I was I was laughing so hard at the types of things that he was trying to get. Well, and then you know some stuff he finally did yeah. get. Um, and then you know uh, Gads like you know requests and everything and the stuff that he was into. Mm-hmm. it's Just like this is so bizarre. You know, just kind of all thrown in with you know these '80s you know video game references. Yeah,
0: I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, I I am I'm an unabashed fan of some movies that have not made any. Movies money like uh or you know made just broke even Mm -hmm. because there's a whole idea of expectations you know like oh when Zack Ryder made Sucker Punch Mm -hmm. um you know the expectation was oh well he just he did all these other movies that were successful and you know this is his original thing it's very hard for original films to make money you know stuff that's not based on a movie or right. or a comic book and then you know the sucker punch i think had the same kind of thing where you know like oh this movie is really misogynistic and it's like it's a complicated movie right. especially odd that the message it's given is coming from a guy and that makes it a little stranger still yeah but I think visually it's really awesome. I think the director's cut adds a lot more to it, mm-hmm. especially because John Hamm has a—he like, has a very sex ex machina role in it, and it's all cut out in the theatrical version. You know, so so I can understand where you're coming from.
2: But Adam Sandler has a track record. Of, of making his, terrible movies. Well, not just making terrible. Of that have not made money. Of late, he's it's been over like 10-15 oh, yeah. years that's that he's what been making. I would movies. say Sony's
0: I, highest earning movie this year was Paul Blart Mall Cop Two, right. Which made a hundred million dollars. Just right. to put and, that into perspective. And that's a sequel. Man
2: made almost that much the first weekend it came out. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing about that. I was I was also making comparisons to to Paul Blart. Yeah. Two, even though it's it's not the type of movie that I find funny. Yeah. It's the type of movie that, that young tweens like to go to. Pre-teens I mean, like it, to go to.
0: My thinking is, is it really? Or is that what Sony's convinced of? No, no, no. no, 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 no. I know families it, it, it's, that it's, that was a big it, thing of the it's year. It's a big thing. It's
1: a family-oriented thing. And that's the thing. Family movies are... Are the biggest business in the end, besides fanboy movies. It's families and fanboys. that's that is the cinematic marketplace when you're talking about making mm-hmm. money. I mean, and that's just a fact. I mean, that's just when you really look at the dollar cents in the end, it doesn't mean there isn't a huge amount of failures in either of those realms. It just means there is. I mean, my thing with like a pixels is that I went and saw it. I the thing two things I'll say is one I went and saw it in 3D because mm-hmm. I thought it would be worth it and it was my favorite part of the whole movie was the visuals not only because mm-hmm. I grew up playing Atari and television and stuff I grew up a, and I'm a, a, an avid gamer but because it just it, it that part played extremely well yeah. I mean people want to be in a video game and the idea you know it, it, that part of it film worked the whole gamer or what were they called. Uh they were, were they just called gamers? They had the something blaze on like their Atari suits, like the Twin oh. Galaxies thing. Right, yeah. Arcaders. Right. That was it. Arcaders oh, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. Which, which just killed me. But what it is is that I I grew up you know, my view on Adam Sandler is very simple, is is that you know, you named your company Happy Madison because those are your two best films. That's it. You know, and Happy Madison. I mean, Grandma's Boy is like one of my favorite comedies of the last ten years. Like, I think it's absolutely genius. But it's the people he surrounds himself with are way funnier than he is. But oh, yeah. he's the one who keeps. Because he's employees. a wet mat. Like, I have not been able. I turned. They're the only films I have ever turned off or walked out of. Uh, you don't mess with the Zohan was one of like the most racist movies I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I, mean, I, couldn't, yeah, I even, couldn't even get I through. I couldn't even deal now. with the first ten minutes of it, and it's not about standing on a particular political. Well, platform I have a side.
0: perfect movie answer once you're done. Yeah, you're and
1: and then the other one was like um, now pronounce you Chuck and Larry like these kind of like bro him social you know social issue stuff is just terrible. But they're the biggest part in the end of it is you know you're right like i want to feel like you know it's like wanting to feel like a kid again or the fantasy part of it the thing is is that for me with commies and stuff like i chuckle a few times pierre dinklage especially because the character he's playing is the dude from um you know was the uh, king kong yeah champion. billy mitchell yeah it's very informed by it. that yeah, so I it's could. great and i laughed especially at him some of the the jokes you mentioned some parts were visual gags were good Um, you know, special surprise by a a beloved video game character, um, was absolutely really enjoyable, except I wish they hadn't made him talk. I hated that. Yeah. Um. It would have been way funnier if he had just made it through noises as he does in the game. As they do in Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, and then he does <laughs> another game. Obviously, another thing you can say: well, Pixels is just a ripoff. But the last thing I want to say is is that my biggest problem, and I guess you know, as much as I can enjoy things and go, oh, I can trans, you know, uh, take myself out and just be like, oh man, this is just fun, because there are parts in Pixels where I felt that way. Mm-hmm. There's things where it was just too much pop culture convenience, and the biggest one that really bothered me, and I'm sorry, man, it just makes me old and jaded or whatever, but there was, like, so many references that were wrong. Like, there's a kid in the beginning, without spoiling anything, they're in an arcade in 1982, and there's a kid doing a crane kick. Which came out in 1985, 84, 84, (laughs) 85. I'm going. Come on, like at least
0: try to get your references on point somewhere. Like, there's a part with no. It's it's the Family Guy school of like, oh, it's the 80s, so everything in the 80s happened in a time vortex. And I'm not
1: that type of person. I'm not that anal retentive. No, I've heard a lot of people complain about about this in this movie, but it is a huge problem to me because it's like. You know they do i love the bits um without saying anything how the aliens communicate is through vintage you know 80s celebrities and um you know one of them is madonna it's like and this is supposed to be that they sent this time capsule up in 1982 right like a virgin hadn't even come out yet there is no madonna like she has not performed on the video music awards nothing has happened yet where she's reached that fame there's a couple other people that are like that and i just felt that it um there were a couple like clever things and then But every time Adam Sandler was on screen, I just was done. Like Kevin James, I gave probably a little bit more leeway than I should. But Mm. I I depend way more on Pierre Dinklage and Josh Gad to to get me through. And it's not because they're the new blood and they're. I kind of feel like that
0: is a situation. No, it is. No, 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 I mean, but I mean, it's not.
1: Yeah, it's not because I like the new blood versus the old heads. It's because. It, their old heads aren't that funny the new blood is actually making it a little bit better but in the end i'm not in really enjoying it in mm-hmm. the end it still comes down to the visuals and that kind of
0: environment so but be, please no, man go here, right ahead. here's the whole movie i would say to answer the whole thing with adam sandler's basically For someone who didn't see it no no, no I, i'm gonna i'm giving an over <laughs> overview <laughs> oh, yeah, sure yeah no, no, there, he yeah. can definitely no no Adam Sandler's traded his whole career and it, it, It's like the Tom Cruise effect. Tom Cruise plays himself in every movie for the mm-hmm. most part, right? And we're all fine with that, because he's good at making that kind of movie. Adam Sandler, for the longest time, did it, too. He's playing, like, kind of like the man-child or the guy who's kind of got... Like, he has some, like, minor goal, or he, he's good at one thing, and then something comes along and kind of sidetracks him. And, like, the perfect movie, I would say, to answer this is, like, uh, 50 First Dates, where he's like, some he works in kind of like a SeaWorld type place in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and then he meets like uh, Drew Barrymore, and then she has the stupid, oh, I, I have brain damage, and I remember one day at a time, and then he had, you know, Adam Sandler's the Hawaiian friends, one of which is just Rob Schneider wearing brown paint pretending to be Hawaiian, mm-hmm. and and it, it's the the prototypical Adam Sandler movie. Like, oh, I'm going to get through this, you know. And, you know, he acts silly to impress her. But then, really, it's all the other characters who help him get through the situation. And it's like, he's got that, ah, shucks thing. And then you feel, all right, well, it's okay. Because he means well. As he's gotten older, I feel he's really lost that charisma thing that I'm, like, talking
2: True. about. I, I think the audiences have lost that. Uh, that brand of humor I don't think he's he's done anything like yeah that's said it's just it's just the, the wheel that's just going around yeah. and around, and around. Well, where that that comedy has been left in the in the 90s yeah in the early 90s well, yeah, that was the last thing, thing that we wanted to see have it to it. Move you have to forward. reinvent yourself yeah I mean, and that's what I thought he was going to do with
0: Punch Drunk Love which was like so novel like okay here's adam sandler playing adam sandler in the real world right. and he's kind of like a sociopath but there's still like all the technicolor and the music, music. i think in real life it's he such is a good a movie it's such a good movie though but it bombed right. really bad and then he got scared and then he just went back this well, is that,
1: what i'm good at well it's exactly the stranger than fiction will ferrell case where yeah he just keeps going back to doing being willful i mean
0: and that that's the, that that was the angle i was looking at was bo- with box office failures. i mean like adam sandler is like to me one of like the textbook example and so is tom cruise like when they get a movie that they think is going to do great whether it's like you know punch drunk love or mission impossible 2 in that movie or no was it war of the worlds when he, the whole scientology thing happened he just like retreats and like does like the thing people expect him to do and for a while like Tom Cruise was doing all these really bad action movies like mm-hmm. night and day and Valkyrie like, and Yeah, yeah. he bet, he bet a lot on trying to do something it it was
1: either different or in the exact same yeah and when i mean different i don't mean like hey i made well i mean really his last one was like magnolia was probably his like big art film
0: yeah because that's the that's the film he thought i thought he was really good in that like oh he was gonna get nami but you're not gonna nominate tom cruise because he's an action star you know and ever since then no no what was that one he did with jamie fox that michael mann movie Collateral. Oh, collateral. Yeah, yeah that, that was another. That was that the same period. Sorry, he was doing right. like collateral and Magnolia, and then it's like, okay, he's gonna try to get into. That's the old, one of the only movies where it's like Tom Cruise has played his age or older, True. And, and it didn't work. So he just went right back to the wild. well. You know, the other one I think about my
1: my whole uh, if I were to like it, put some of Tom Cruise for me is is that you know he was so furious that like his um. His appearance in Tropic Thunder was spoiled by the internet and all that, like, you know, in the prosthetic makeup yeah. and fat suit and all this. And, you know, it was funny because, obviously, you imagine He almost what, had a spinoff yeah, movie. Yeah, he almost had that kind of thing. And then he... um, And I just remember, like, he was at MTV Movie Awards a couple of years ago, and he ended up doing the dance and everything, <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh, like, uh, to low. I mean, he literally... Like, I mean, it was like yeah it was kind of funny like how many people actually even remember this like oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. i mean honestly like i just it's one of those things with, um the, the adam sandler thing i just i'm just done he's he's a guy he's the only the only people in hollywood i just can't stand at all like but i went to pixels not for him it wasn't for that yeah no, it was the same for story me, yeah but you know, so and then it's kind of weird because that was one weekend, and the next weekend was recently was Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. which you know is right now being calculated as Disney's third big loss okay. after John Carter and uh, Lone Ranger, and what was the other one? Yeah, uh, those Treasure, oh no, those, those treasure good, Planet. Treasure Plants. Well, they had some other ones and stuff over the years, but I'm talking in the last few years. Those mm-hmm. are the, like their
0: three biggies. Yeah, John Carpenter was like their biggest loss ever. Oh, John poor Car- John Carter. Carpenter. Or, no, John <laughs> Carter. John oh. Carter. Yeah. But he, well, you know, which I'll say, like, it's not a bad movie. It's not, you know?
1: no. No, well, no. I don't think they, they make, I mean, I just, it's one of those things, well, Tomorrowland, you know, what I'll, if people were me about it, like, well, what did you think? And I go, I'm going to, kind of go where what adam was talking about i'm trying to imagine this as a kid as like a tween maybe or something i have a theory and, on and i and have. i can say this real quick is is that if you haven't seen it, i mean, it's it's a two-hour movie give or take and stuff but it felt two hours longer than that it just kept going and going and had so much backstory had so much build up and in the end was just incredibly boring and the one thing people are saying like oh i really praised the visuals now there's a couple that look pretty good but overall I'm, i think it's cost 190 million dollars to make i'm like where the hell did that budget go because there are a couple scenes that look like roger corman directed them i mean vintage like 1989 like i mean it was bad like in spots um but the movie in the end, the whole payoff, of course, is the classic kind of ending and stuff, which does have a great message. I mean, it really does. It's one thing I actually did like about it. But it, it, for all of it, uh, all its quality, in the end, I'm just like, I'm done. Like, I just don't care anymore. And and that's the whole thing. It's And, and as I said, it's instantly
0: forgettable. Well, here's the whole thing about Tomorrowland, and I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to point this out. They spent months with doing like doing these trailers, like, what is Tomorrowland? You know, like, the trailer would just be, like, the pin. Or, like, you know, they didn't do an actual trailer until, I think, a, like, a couple weeks before it came out. Like, I didn't really didn't know what that movie was even about. Right, yeah. yeah. Except for a Cornfield. They, they, they and yeah, there was either. a cornfield. Yeah, that was bad. And, like, the little girl could, I think, go into, like, the past or something. Like, I didn't see it because it didn't grab me. It kind of had It had an Interstellar trailer. Yeah. And see, that's another uh, movie like, that did not sell me, like, the trailer And I love Christopher Nolan movies. I still haven't seen Interstellar. I just, you know...
2: You're, you're okay not seeing it
1: yeah I I, I I didn't feel either way about it I just kind of watched it yeah I'm a huge movie it. fan clearly, but I will skip things if they seem forgettable well yeah and it's and that's the thing with I mean if you look at a list I mean I I, I don't want to do this as like some guy kind of, I never I didn't go in going through like some top 10 list mm-hmm. but I look back at films and I go which ones I liked because there's some on the biggest box office bombs I enjoyed yeah and there are uh, not a huge amount I'm not saying it's massive but I find maybe because i'm big into history and like why obviously like why things happen but you look at a lot of films and stuff and i mean you know i don't even barely remember like i mean big box office bombs like i do remember when i was young that um cutthroat island was like and that was pre that was the year before Waterworld, and uh that one was like you know it's funny because i remember when pirates of the caribbean came out i'm like i don't think this is gonna do well because I mean Cutthroat Island like people just don't want pirates anymore That's oh, I like,
0: was sure that, Pirates of the Caribbean was going to bomb Yeah, I was like I this, was is, so gonna, this sure. is not
1: Errol Flynn era anymore people right. don't want to see this and I mean obviously like uh, completely wrong on that but it was based on Cutthroat Island and then there's a lot of films, like one I always tell people, for me, because of the time period was released, it was released in 2001, was Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought, oh my God, um, video game fan base, I mean, this is in the golden era of, final fantasy 7 which is one of the landmark games of the last right. 20 years i just thought people were going to be like this has got all the anime fans and the video game fans and people are just gonna be blown away by you know computer animated movie like yeah, yeah uh, the, and no one uh, i mean
2: i think i was alone in the theater on opening yeah day. i went yeah. you know i went opening day i was excited i liked it you know, and I. Well, I mean, it was just one big cutscene, basically. True, but, exactly. yeah, but the animation, much. but the animation was you know elevated just above that because obviously they're gonna, there's only so much you can fit on a on a DVD game. But. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I really, I really like Final Fantasy, but I was really disappointed that it was on that list, though too. And I was kind of surprised when I was doing my research that it was on that list.
0: I wouldn't have thought that would have would have been on there. No.
1: Well, in some films, I don't, I don't necessarily like. I mean, like, I think they got the bad well, and de- dealt to them. Like
2: marketing adds so much to how these movies. Well, you know, like and that. I kind of looked into that too. Yeah, and the. Some of the places have, you know, they, they adjust for inflation, they were adjusting for uh, marketing, and they were always still the same ones, no matter how they adjusted mm-hmm. the numbers, that were always, like, within you know the top 10 top 15 top 20 mm. um 47 ronin is number Steve's one come yeah keeps coming out at number one yeah. as like the biggest like percentage failure well 47 ronin
0: is a perfect example of producers getting their way and fucking something up because originally it was supposed to be kind of like this you know Hot, bigger budget telling of the 47 Ronin mm-hmm. and that's what it attracted Keanu Reeves to the movie and that's why he had a small part a small part in that movie and then the producers are like well we have this movie with Keanu Reeves in it so as soon as they got him on board they re- and basically made him the main protagonist And everyone else got shoved to the side. You know, I love some of the graphics in that movie, especially the Kitsune girl, the one who's from Pacific Mm Rim, Pacific Rim, Rim, Pacific Rim. Yeah. Pacific Rim. Uh, Victor's having difficulties this evening. (laughs) Bear with us. Yeah. But uh, she was really good. And I liked all the effects and the the monsters they killed and stuff. That was really cool. But yeah, Keanu Reeves doesn't have a hero's journey type arc in there. It's it to, especially when you're watching the movie. It's like, why did you bring this? You know this, you know guy to help us, and that's asked repeatedly throughout the movie. <laughs> the yeah, like, why song. is he? Because here? then the audience is yeah. asking
2: the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: it's just so many. I mean, I remember watching that movie and stuff, and it's like, you know, you can just see why it failed. And there's films, you know, I don't even think about much because it's like. Because, you know, you still hear stuff, like, about films all the time. and, And, like, and there's some that are just completely, like, forgotten. Like, who the hell really remembers the Alamo? Or like, yeah, no, I didn't mean to that one. That. And number on two list. is like Mars needs moms, which yeah. actually bankrupted the studio. I mean, it,
2: I mean, which I saw my, and I kind of you know, yeah, I wanted so. to
0: watch that movie originally because it's based on a book by Burke Breath, right. you know, the guy who yeah. does Bloom County. Yeah, and I was like, oh okay, but apparently they changed. A th- yeah, there's no spirit yeah. of it whatsoever. Yeah, but
1: I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like, and there's other films. I mean, I now know like a, like why a lot of more modern films is because. You're incorporating, you know, it's not even incorporating the marketing costs, but you know that's cutting a huge dent into the profits. And 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 like uh, Victor said about like the the Chinese lottery and a lot of these foreign territories. I mean, you're you really got to you know got to make it work.
2: Well and yeah, and even when well, when we saw pixels is something that i i kind of earmarked is there were at least at least i think five production companies. Yeah. before the the film well, actually started. Well that's why
0: like the big blockbuster movies have 10 minute long credits because they set these dates and stuff like we know when every marvel movie is going to come out for the next 10 years. Right. So basically they just keep outsourcing every part to another and doing rush. So basically they're getting paid premium to piecemeal it out. So that's where all the money goes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, and, but you know, and then there's some like, I mean, like I, I remember like the movie, like wind talkers and stuff. I mean, I remember seeing trailers for it and then it just faded away. I mean, partially because of nine 11, partially because of, you know, huge issues they have with the production, but it's like, I don't necessarily look at that as like a good or a bad film. Uh, it's not one I even remember seeing. I probably did, but then don't really remember it. Yeah. But it's one of those ones where, like, I don't blame that film as much as I do on some of the other ones. But then there's, like, films, too, that I'm looking through, like, the list, you know, just on Wikipedia. You can check it out yourself. But, I mean, like, certain films are, like, surprising. Like, the biggest ones are, like, the production costs. Like, why did EdTV cost $80 million? Um, what was one of my other favorites? Monkey Bone was $75 million. Mm-hmm. Um, There was one other one here. a lot of that was, like, Cell like Animation one. Was yeah. It? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, it's like, um, how do you know that, like, Jack Nicholson, like the romantic comedy, was a hundred million, and that didn't even have that huge of a budget, like, or how, have that huge of, like, you know, you think of like your big twenty million dollar people, right? Um, you know, other films that completely make sense, like uh, R.I.P.D. and Jack the Giant well, Slayer. To me,
0: one of the things I'm really struck by is how many times the Wachowskis are on. Yeah, it's true. The uh, <laughs> well, I knew Speed Race, so the second I saw that one was yes. going to be. Was going to be out there. but
1: And
2: then there's some that are oh, like... Oh, I love Speed Racer. That, <laughs> it's one of my guilty pleasures. Well, we all got them. But, but one boy, that what know, really su- shocks me is accessible. Hugo. Yeah, Hugo is
0: a I mean, Hugo is a really good movie. And one is, it's one of those only movies, that's a movie you should see in 3D. Sure. Like, yeah, but, it's but a, it was a passion piece. And it actually
1: wasn't that huge of a flop. It's just that, you know, it's... They it's didn't know the how to market it. it. Yeah. yeah.
2: The, is it for kids or is it for adults? Is it for, for everybody? but I, it's like three hours long. Yeah, I was even it was testing my patience. To me, times, that's too.
0: like one of those movies. Like if I had kids, I would take them to see Hugo. But I enjoyed it as an adult. It's like really it has a great right. story about kids, but it, there's also stuff for adults in there and just like the eye candy, like Martin Scorsese. Like I could tell, like. This is back when everyone thought, oh, if people make movies like Avatar and Hugo in 3D, oh, yeah, this is how you you do it. But no, everything became Mm post-conversion. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I'm I swear
1: there's one thing on this list that it doesn't include is I I'm positive for years ballistic ballistic X versus Sever was in like the top five consistently. It, it's not even listed it's here. It's still it's still listed in some lists. Okay.
2: That I didn't look up. I remember
1: stealth two was one of the other biggest. Yeah. Failures no, it's on
0: on the one I'm looking at. Is number it? nine? I mean, uh, just we're looking at the Wikipedia lists on here. You right. know, and, like, number one, 47, 47 Ronin, two Mars Needs Mom. The 13th Warrior, that was the Beowulf one that had um, Antonio yeah, Banderas. Banderas. Yeah. Yeah. Which I actually kind of like that we,
1: That's that, that, to me, was one of the ones I was talking about.
0: That's kind of, yeah. Supernova's another guilty pleasure. Yeah, John Carter is number four. And, again, like, I think that's, it's a good movie, but it's clearly one of those yeah, movies where just, just market. marketing, yeah, because yeah, I, I, one of the things I remember i mean brad bird did that movie i think right yes Mm -hmm. yeah you know and he he, you know who also did Tomorrowland, but he also did ghost protocol which is awesome but they put a lot of you know the blame is probably being leveled on his shoulders but i will say that's a really good movie and i'm sure that's a victim of marketing because like they took the of mars out of the title yeah right you know and then they just had really i remember most most of the posters for that coming out they had the huge it was just like a landscape, and it said John Carter. And right. you'd be like, what?
2: Yeah, and that's like what Kirby was saying earlier. It's like, well, who who's gonna know the Tropic Thunder character from even... How, how long ago was that? Not even like 12? Yeah. Well, no. Years and here's here's the thing that I think- So who's gonna know John Carter? A book that was written... What in the, in the 40s or so? Yeah, but, it, one, it, it, but it's not, yeah, right. it's yeah. not Conan.
1: Yeah. It's not Tarzan. Because it could be somebody. No, of Conan was a huge. of the, the, thing. the Conan's on the
0: list. Too. No, the reboot. No. Yeah, the yeah. reboot. Yeah. And I also yeah. suffered from a few things. I think the design of the actual uh, Martians was really strange. Yeah, it was real bizarre. And I think it. You know, it's the same story that's been mined for everything. It's John Carter of Mars is the exact same thing as Avatar. It is. It was ripped off wholesale. So at a certain point, like, well, do I really want to see what looks like a shitty rip-off of Avatar, which was just a shitty rip-off of Ferngully?
1: Yeah. Let's just—I mean, let's just, <laughs> let's just let's lay out the chips on the table. I mean, but you know, and that's the thing. I mean, in contrast and stuff, you can look at well, the no, biggest and then box there's some.
0: The, yo, I don't no, the biggest off. box
1: office successes. You know, what I mean, because if you want to do a fair contrast, because people want to know, well, what's the biggest, uh, best, you know, films of all time and stuff, and a lot of people will look at that and go, no like no way and and it's not just like lowbrow people and stuff because they're the people who are funding a lot of these films or whatever <laughs> if you want to look well, at that from that's that that's
0: what it comes down to a lot of these movies are on the list because they were used as like tax shelters true because like through creative account i mean one of the things i read was like about terminator 3 how oh yeah right it yeah. didn't Supposedly didn't make any money, but the movie, the 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 studio that released it, based you know Warner Brothers, all the foreign territories were done through like a company that folded right afterwards. Like, oh, we didn't make any money, but then the producers got all the money, right? You know, that's the problem with that kind of accounting. You know, and if you look at some of the movies on here, you have to like, you know, um, I also know Triple X. State of the Union? That's the one with Ice Cube. How could that movie <laughs> realistically cost, uh, what was it on here? 100 and something, right? Yeah, it's They're all, I mean, no, I'm sorry. $113 million to do a movie where the two stars are Samuel L. Jackson and Ice Cube. Well, that all speaks to the race. I've seen of this movie. I've seen Triple X State of the Union. It does not look like a $113 yeah, million but, well, how, dollar how movie. These, uh, but that's
1: what I'm trying to say. How, is, how do you know? The film. How do you know that's this is not an Avant Costello routine? Yeah. How is that film cost a hundred?
0: million dollars how does a romantic comedy there was another one on there because yeah, one of these things I'm looking at is alright stars gets you know yeah you know like the Evan Almighty or no yeah that will okay, the Evan so, Almighty was a big yeah, film so I, but I'm, so some I'm of these gonna, have really big casts
2: yeah no and I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat right now and I'm going to say it's part of the conspiracy where you remember Independence Day where they said well how can they justify spending you know a thousand dollars on a hammer <laughs> I think that's what's going on yeah, you have these hundred million dollar movies that have don't even look close to to you know a hundred million dollars. Well, all
0: right, like the one I will say, like the Wolfman, that to me looked like a movie where, like, okay, clearly this was a case where the p- producers and people involved had points where they get like a, a net cost of the profits, and they like Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins apparently both had really huge salaries for that movie. Yeah, you know, so I, I can see how a lot of that like. The money for that just went back into there, and I feel bad for that's like Joe Johnston's worst movie. But it's also one of those movies where they went through a ton of different directors and stuff over the years, because some of these movies were in development hell, and they just tack on all the costs of developing that movie over the past decade and making that movie responsible for them. I also
1: want to say, uh, Green Lantern costs two hundred million dollars, and that's the most green screen movie I've ever
0: seen in my entire oh, life. Oh, every, yeah, they did the whole CGI suit on uh, Ryan Reynolds. I mean, it is just literally. I mean, I, there's it, CGI in every, every single scene, frame yeah. of yeah, that movie.
1: Yeah, it's like so. And then R.I.P.D. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is a guy you can't really bank on these days.
2: A I mean, lot. And that's the other part. just. Too, I mean, even though it's so derivative of like Hellboy. Men in Black and Hellboy, Boy. it just was not a good movie.
1: Mm-hmm. The, the only part I love about well, that was james hong that's it Yeah, that's i
2: mean it's like that's league it. of extraordinary gentlemen was like a a a, a 2001 masterpiece compared to r.i.pd well it's like funny because i i'd
0: watched like hellboy 2 over the past weekend and i, I just looking and i was like man so this great. this movie looks so much more expensive than r.i.pd oh yeah and nowhere near it like where did all the money go on that like yeah. celebrity cameos. Pretty much. I, I just... I guess and none it, of these movies really have, like, ex- a, a lot of the ones, like, you know, R.I.P.D., like, who is... It's like, what, Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges and Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, but like, it's... It, you know, if, you, if you're if you investing that much, invest some more in leads or writing. I don't know.
1: There, it just... <laughs> it's a lot of these films and stuff, but, I mean, I, I think it brings home the point, too, because we're also talking about kind of the mythology of... of box office bombs and stuff like i mean since the kids i mean everybody's become a box office analyst now not mm-hmm. just because yeah the, I, it, because we don't know we're
0: just fans yeah I we're mean- just
1: fans but i mean like i look at a film i mean I, the legend from like my teenagers was always Warworld. world uh-huh. but war world was not actually a box office bomb i right. mean it's a fact it's right. yeah it, it's proven itself and stuff in a lot of these films too it's it's just like a, a lot of box office bombs a
0: lot of cult classics. yeah oh, or we th- talked their, about how like uh, their video rentals and, their, yeah, and know, second run. yeah and that's that's one of the things too like some of these movies the reason a lot of them are recent is dvd sales used to be able to carry the bad movies out and ever since dvd because apparently blu-ray isn't what dvd was it's just blu-ray is just like the diehards which is why everything is a collector's edition yeah you know so that's why in the last few years foreign is so much more important because that's taking the place of dvds Mm -hmm. you know so like a lot of these movies i'm sure if dvd had been around maybe like cowboys and you know and aliens or something would have been yeah. a movie that built up a cult following or something
2: if it was any good
0: yeah but at the same time it still has a like, good cast right. you know like that's well, well, when it's kind of, based that's on a kind of popular or pop, yeah popular that's one of those things novels. where it's like you know the, that would have been like you're at blockbuster or wherever and then the you
2: know, oh look this has daniel craig and harrison ford let's rent that oh and i apologize john favreau in case he ever comes on the podcast well no maybe that'd be a good thing to talk about just to make a little air of uh, uh, uncomfortability I suppose
0: yeah and that's the thing like I I I respect I respect a lot of these guys like Brad Bird and John Favreau because they direct movies that are all over the place you know not everybody's going to be a Steven Spielberg that only directs like prestige movies you know well
2: and you can never predict how a movie is going to turn out exactly
0: like it seemed
2: it seemed like Cowboys
0: and Aliens was going to make money there were Mondo posters for it it had
2: everything going for it yeah I mean, it's the same thing as Guardians of the Galaxy. Like James Gunn was just like pooping his pants, saying this is probably gonna be the worst thing ever. Yeah, you know that's that's what he was kind of saying under his breath. As opposed, I mean, you don't. Yeah, really, your marketing manager doesn't necessarily want you to go out there and say this is the worst thing I've ever done. But you have those, you know, those those moments of like, you know, am I doing the right thing? I couldn't imagine being on a set that large and trying to put together an ensemble cast for like the first time in an unproven uh franchise market and 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 pump out like just as this gorgeously put together you know one two three well i think marvel deserves a lot of credit for giving him a lot of freedom in
0: doing that you know because just i the whole way that guardians was marketed i think was like unusual and it's something that more more movies should copy, just like you know, kind of make it fun. Because God forbid, all sci-fi has to be gloom and
1: doom. Well, notice too right. that a lot of these films on this list are sci-fi, or you know, sci-fi fantasy, or westerns, which obviously you, got, you gotta start it's making all
0: it, you movies got that have a lot of special, special effects. effects. Yeah. So basically, the, that the commonality there is these are movies that are rushed together mm-hmm. and basically a slave to all the money that's been invested in there already yeah. you know it's visuals over story and it tells you how important story is over everything how in the
2: fuck did dudley do right <laughs> cost 70 million dollars <laughs> well not only dudley do was there was another um same comp so sorry a- do right that was was, uh, uh, was that hanna-barbera no it's bret uh bram fraser wasn't that one well I no mean, no i know that but who who oh, did who the original
1: cartoon oh the cartoon yeah was a um was uh one of the ones like that sorry
2: i can't but yeah. there was the same one Dudley do right is on there there was also the other one of the same cartoon company oh where was that uh somewhere on there anyways maybe i'm missing it
1: um well there's also something like i mean i i still have never seen it but it's like sahara you know was i do remember my father read the Dirk yeah, pitt yeah. novels by clive cussler and and, you know, a lot of people bank. I mean, Hollywood banks on people based on, like, oh, it's a popular novel. It's like they tried that with the um, Alex Cross series, too, the Along Game of
0: Spider. Oh, yeah. Because you know, that, that was a big uh, moneymaker for the longest time because uh, Morgan Freeman played that yeah, character. And the then, girls and all yeah, that. Yeah, and then they tried to rejuvenate it, like. Uh, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. But they do that every once in a while. Like, look at the uh, all the uh, Jack Ryan movies. There's yeah, like great three point. or this Jack over
1: recruit last yeah. year to try re- Yeah, that's what I mean. That's like the Tom Clancy kind of thing because that's like you're talking about the Adam Sandler um, you know, that demographic and generation that, that, this feel like my father. Uh, my father's the best person in the world by the way and that's what he loves and that's what a lot of the guys in his generation love mm-hmm. is they were raised on Bond and raised on guys like, you know, like Stephen Coons and uh, Clive Cussler and stuff like that like yeah. who wrote like military yeah, Those are like the staples on the
0: shelves of like our, our, my dad's friends and yeah. like yeah. The Postman was also based on a sci-fi novel. Yeah. It, and that's, I like The Postman. Yeah yeah so well, a lot of them on here Ali is bad. on here Ali is like one of my favorite movies that's a good movie too. yeah that was that one really, really good surprised movie. by especially like in the light of it. but life. I will say about Ali, that's a movie where I really think you can see the money on the screen. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they 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 were really really the Ali like versus
1: Fraser g- fight is so perfect. Like yeah. that whole part and I I love a lot. That of That was the a setups. passion project. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was a, a passion project.
0: Happened. Really well written. Like all oh, the whole si- the the storyline where they're like you know doing like. Uh, Ali's kind of like downfall and they're like kind of crossing it with like Malcolm X becoming his own figure outside of the Nation of Islam Mm -hmm. and how he dies while they're on the out while he's still very into the nation it's very sad and how they go to Africa and it's just such a good movie anyway and then on the opposite end, there's chill factor it's
1: like you know in a film like that I remember working at a video store when something like that came out and I'm like cuba getting jr i was like what happened to your oscar man yeah. like where, what happened to your life like that that was like a couple of years yeah. that was two years between yeah. as good as it gets and that and i don't mean like a one for me one for them kind of thing yeah. i mean that is just why would you bank on skeet ulrich like ever in life <laughs> yeah,
0: ever like skeet ulrich ever been in a good what was he, he was in one of the
1: screen.
2: young guns. that was it
0: that was his big I, thing i guess
2: <laughs>
1: yeah no he was he just yeah, no, didn't, he just anything didn't else. do anything like and he's one of those guys it was like uh what's his name uh wes bentley from uh, oh, american yeah. beauty I he's feel... like did
0: Ghost Rider well and no he like, wasn't hey. he was one of the best parts of the first hunger games movie
1: oh that's true yeah. well it's kind of like uh what's his name was good and um there's a couple people that you, you end up oh, god there's another one we were just talking about. i was like wow but there's oh uh tyler perry how great he was in Gone Girl yeah and I was like because I was like God how Cross movie was just so bad <laughs> Well, and but to then me- it's like hey man you redeemed yourself like you really pre- especially because you're a guy you're an Adam Sandler man Medea is just I mean that's your franchise like you did the same thing you've done and then you finally step out and you do something and yeah you took some risk but then you deliver like a performance where I'm like man you really sold me well kay. just
0: one of the things just kind of to tie it into yeah. you know look at tropic thunder like that's almost the meta explanation for all this where Mm -hmm. it's like you know there's all these characters who like are actors who've you know are analogs like there's jack black's character who could be like a eddie murphy adam sandler chris farley yeah drove that train so, he did, couldn't make anything else. And then there's a Robert Downey Jr. guy who's just trying to get an award. So, he's doing something different. And then they all end up on this bloated movie that just keeps going out of control. Which, like in by the way, somehow. I,
1: I got to say, the opening of Tropic Thunder with the uh, faux trailers thing yeah. just hit so perfectly. Like, yeah. I remember just laughing. So, even the booty sweat commercial. I mean, it just it was so... Well done, I mean that yeah Robert Downey jr. is completely in the um you know the uh you know hey i'm god we we gotta win the academy award for this This a uh, it's about gay priests, you know it's like or gay monks, you know it's like and then they have the um you know, but like yeah, and the failing action hero as making the part myth of the absolute you know most dead franchise ever. And, um, yeah. And like the clumps kind of thing with Jack Black. I mean, but you do, you always have that. And then of course, I mean, then him playing the Kurt Lazarus, the whole like blackface dedicated, like character. Like, I mean, it, it is ludicrous. It is the most meta thing. And it's funny. I actually have rewatched that film recently and go, man, there are still some unbelievable, the simple Jack part. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah could you have hit sean penn like any harder like i mean some of these people like i mean it really sticks it to hollywood like, oh yeah
0: no and i i'm sure eddie murphy must have been so pissed when he saw that movie uh, it's like david spade levels of
1: pissed at him yeah you know, it was like because it just really was like uh it, it was there were some some really genuinely um great parts in that but it's it's weird
2: yeah and murphy you know he's he lost his mojo too yeah
0: he's on there with pluto nash which is i to this day i can't understand how that movie was
2: as expensive as it is i can't believe well, it was I, c- I can see it on the light. screen but yeah i'm just surprised that it's it just got fin that it got finished they just didn't shelve it, like, halfway through. They said, well, you can't afford to do this anymore.
1: I just can't believe... Honestly, I don't understand how that one was greenlit, like, in any way. Like, at what time period? That It feels like a 50s, like, cardboard movie. Like, mm-hmm. like this is, would be made, and in between, uh, it came from outer space and, like, some other, like, throwaway titles that, you know, it's like, yeah, they're beloved for their fun and nostalgia, but I mean, like, I mean, I never... I mean, I don't think Eddie Murphy, for me, I I can't even think of a film. Boomerang, maybe? Like, I mean, we're talking like early 90s. I mean, he has just not made movies that I've ever even remotely
0: cared about. I remember very clearly watching Beverly Hills Cop 3 in the 90s. And this is still, this is like, can Eddie Murphy get his mojo back even that early? This is like as the movie came out Ninety four, ninety five. Okay, well, yeah so something like vampire in brooklyn was like the one that was like a, no pun intended the, the nail in the, the coffin yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but West if you Craven watch eddie hey. like beverly hills cop 3 that is very much like whoa he does not even know what's funny anymore at all that because you know beverly hills cop 1 and 2 are so good and they're like almost different genres like you know Beverly Hills Cop 1 is kind of like that 80s, 48 hours kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Fish out of water. And Beverly Hills Cop 2 is almost like a cheesy, like action, like a lethal weapon kind of movie. Right. And then Beverly Hills Cop 3 is like, we can't afford to use Disneyland, so we're going to make up a whole fake Disneyland and set most of the movie in here. Yeah, Three Ninjas already beat you, too. Yeah, achieve. exactly. Die, like that. Like- That's the whole time you're watching this, and I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, it's one of those when you're so in, you can't pull out of that dive. I'm like, oh, we've already gotten
1: this far. But it's weird because the clumps, what was that, 96, the naive professor thing? So he had, like, I mean, he did come back and he, the Dr. Dulu was successful. I mean, he went to family films, obviously. Right. Well, and he, but then he beat that horse. Daddy yeah. did care was a huge success, too. So it's like, yeah, he, he really went to that. And I mean, I, I just, Eddie Murphy is the delirious is the funniest stand-up comedy special i've ever seen in my life i still quote it almost on a daily a weekly basis at least there are so many bits that it's just like but that's what victors hate on someone who is so in touch with so many different people and their experiences and being able to relate their own and make it just i mean where you laugh till it hurts and to the point where you don't even know there's nothing to laugh
0: at yeah
2: mm-hmm. it's like how do you do that and only he did right. that in 20 years maybe and one of the one of the biggest disappointments that i have seen come from him in the last year was when they had that saturday night Live. oh right and they it was all built up that he was going to come out i was expecting him to do Five minutes of the funniest stuff I've ever heard in the last twenty years. Something he something did nothing, nothing. Yeah,
0: he isn't even.
1: He just expected did. to
2: walk out there and everyone's going to give him a standing ovation. Yeah, he yeah. barely got that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's hit the point. It's
0: like uh, he needed to be in a skit. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, he needed to do he needs something. Something, something more to
0: come yeah. back. But I mean, I always and think that, that was it, weird too. That whole like how Chris Rock just came out and like. Chris Rock didn't do shit on SNL. Right. Yeah, he was I would argue banners. he hasn't even had that rich of a film career. Like, right. you know, he's, I know Chris Rock from his stand-up specials, mm-hmm. you know? Do do something, man. Even his monologue, he's done good in, intros for SNL that were a little, but it's, like, I don't believe in the idea of, like, cheering someone for just existing. Chris right. Rock has two things. Yes, For me, it's, like, CB4.
1: Film-wise, mm-hmm. and I actually thought his death of the fu- uh, death of the funeral was like the funniest, one of the funniest remakes I've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ever. Yeah. Like people I beat. just died. But the um, but like I just he's another guy and stuff. Where I mean, I I just he's trying to reinvent himself now to do more like romantic comedy kind of things or you know almost indie style. But I mean, a lot of these people, I just. That, uh, you know, comedians, especially, I mean, I think that's one of the ones where it hits the most. Like, people don't look at action stars and go, oh, yeah, you're just absolutely like, you know, oh, you betrayed your roots or something or you lost it. But humor is something that is very, Yeah, you have to
0: stay on on top top of of it. it. It can't, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger can do action movies till he's 80. Yeah, and it's like because that's isn't he eighty? No, he's sixty eight. But you know,
2: he's getting—he's getting getting
0: there. But I mean, but at the same time, like credible. I mean, we like look at. uh, uh, Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino that mm-hmm. was one of his most badass things and he was like in his late 80s no I think you can't be ageist I think you can do but this, but you it, have to know like even uh, Jerry Seinfeld just got a lot of flack for saying I can't do stand-up anymore because things are too bc no just say it your humor was of its time right and you can't adjust that's all right well, I'm who's
2: fine with him interviewing other comedians well and then look who's killing it now is Bill Murray yeah He's like the king right now of like doing like films that people are just going in droves to see because
0: yeah, it's Bill Murray. He was so ahead of his time that so, the absurdist humor is what he's the best but he's, at.
2: Yeah, and he's yeah. reinvented himself or even just kind of refined it to a point to where he's he's become like this enigma. Yeah. Himself, and, then you yeah. Ha- and then
1: you have like the polar opposite of like a Chevy Chase. Which yeah. I, I'll never forget his, his Friars Club roast where it was like, uh, I think it was Greg Giraldo, rest in peace, God bless him, the funniest, one of the funniest humans who ever existed, who was like, is, is you're living proof that you can snort the funny out of someone. Yeah. And I mean, he literally is, I mean, he tanked. I mean, in 91, 92, he was done. I mean, he just—I mean, besides re- the Clark Griswold forever, he he's got, your, which he's still doing. He's still doing this vacation <laughs> movie. It's yeah. a lot of those guys, and it's funny that we're hitting on a lot of SNL people. And I mean, I hope some of the ones like I really enjoy, like I love Bill Hader. I think he's one of the funniest people right now. Mm-hmm. He's just such a great, um, you know, humorist and stuff that I think. He he's amazing. I mean, there's a lot of guys like I like now, like, uh, you know, like a Bill Burr, you know, a lot of those kinds of people out there that are, there's some amazing comedians, but it's like, and then you see somebody like, God, I, I actually watched and I couldn't even get through a few minutes was trying to watch Andrew Dice Clay. I'm like, the juvenile love I had for this one as a kid. Right. I, I know we're kind of veering well, off of it, no, but that's no, why I think d- a lot of the box office bombs exist is because a lot of it's just outdated. Yes. Almost everything, every film we've talked about in that top 10 list of of box office bombs
0: to me was an outdated film. Yeah, it film. doesn't have to be like a top 10. All these people have been like class, like uh, Andrew Dice Clay, The Adventures of Ford, Ford Fairlane. Fair like I remember watching that, you know, it's the same shtick he was doing on HBO in the 80s. Hey. Little Miss Muffet, oh, you know it's like, come on, man! I, I don't and well, no,
1: he's just—he's—it's—it's uh, it's all outdated. And in the end, I think that you know its and, and then obviously, like as Victor really put it, it's like it—it's like the too too
0: many cooks in the kitchen, too many producers. That's with the that's script. the real thing. Like I don't want to slam talent as much.
1: Yeah, but it is uh, all these people who just you know, and they, and it's just or it's long past, like that they you know this is a great idea and then it's like or this technology or whatever it is whatever embodies the film um in the end it's just it's done and it's gone and when people no one's coming back to it no one wants to come around to it and now that you know people aren't discovering films in video stores anymore where there's a chance not only a financial uh, re- uh, recu- uh, recuperation, but there is like a, a revival. Whether it's through, like, uh, it was really the heart of this is whether it becomes a cult classic or a hidden gem or something or of uh, Rift Tracks MST3K like you know let's
0: laugh at this well, and that's what's sad nothing left nothing. that's what's sad is so many of these movies are just like product like there's nothing to really make fun of in a lot of these like geely i mean the reason that movie bombed is because people were sick of ben affleck and uh, uh benifer yeah,
1: please Can yeah a proper <laughs> j-lo you
0: know but that's the whole thing like i mean i've i've heard many interviews where like uh you know uh, Kevin Smith talked about how you know Jersey Girl had been this like thing like this passion project and this was, was you know he was done with View Askew and then he was a victim of Benifer where it's like oh no she's only in it for a minute as the dead wife and it's really about you know Ben Affleck and um, development of his relationship with his daughter yeah and no like he it's no that was that bond because it was no Benefer, 'cause because that's what they used to market it yeah
1: yeah that's true you know i i don't know there's just really not much i mean to say beyond that it's it's reached a point where i mean box office bombs like i said i think people look at it now and they what they want to look at it historically like why did it fail there could be a million different reasons but in the end it just did not connect and that's that's why it it it's you know it's it's dead and gone and then it becomes all it becomes is that that's its reputation mm-hmm. so none of those other like redeeming qualities that i mentioned for wh- for whatever value you place on them and so we reach an, uh, we reach a stalemate
2: yeah and I think it's interesting to see some movies that are either on the list or off the list, like in our own minds that we perceive uh, were box office bombs. But I thought, you know, like yeah, we said I had a
0: few that I thought were, and then when I ch- like, yeah, they either broke even or a little bit. Yeah, above like or, the you one know. I was really surprised wasn't was um, this one Al Pacino music called Sim One. Never even heard of it. Or it was called Simone, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. okay, oh, yeah. yeah, that's okay, what right, I thought yeah. you were trying to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, it I wasn't was, sure uh, if it was Sim One, but it's Simone. Simone. Yeah. yeah. yeah and It was just like one of those movies. Like I'm really surprised that's not on here.
2: Well, they did they did a lot of hype for that one. I remember yeah. the 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 trailers for that. Yeah, that was like
0: the pre her movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I guess it must have made money, you know. But yeah. well, I guess yeah. It all it was the the trailing date. Maybe DVD saved it or something.
2: Maybe I yeah. don't know.
0: Well, it's like you know, like I'm looking at the thing like EdTV but like the truman
1: show was hugely successful and yeah, that was right. at a point where jim carrey was a guy too who was going
0: up and down with his yeah career. but didn't ed tv also become a tv show eventually it did i believe right? so yeah, yeah. and then he it was. became successful that way yeah. yeah yeah
1: i don't know There, in the end i mean a lot of these things it's like well that's another, that's a great point though is uh, but another conversation for another day as we wrap things up but it is um, that's probably the only, uh, life that a lot of these properties have is if they can be purchased at a reasonable value and mm-hmm. transformed into like a television, sh- like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah, or exactly. you know, something like that. But cause I mean, really there's, there is no other revival for it beyond that. Like, and, and certain other ones, they're just too expensive because like something like a Green Lantern, you can't ever, because it's too there's yeah. so much investment well in one it. of
0: the ones i i thought was the r- really like if in uh the movie this is the end where in the movie they have seth rogan and james franco mm-hmm. and uh i forget what his name is but they do uh, a pineapple express too Two. yeah because and, right. and they're like that's you know mm-hmm. they say they may be saying they're like well we can never do it otherwise it's too expensive yeah you know true true
2: wrap it up boy Oh
0: yeah well, I thought, yeah I thought Kirby Unless had someone had anything wrap else wrap up
1: Yeah it definitely works so
0: um, you know yeah you know sometimes you know there's a lot of lessons to be learned from box office failures and some they could be you know it's a good way to do a tax shelter or quality doesn't tie to well, and I money think, too,
2: the, you know there's uh, this will probably split up into two episodes anyways i but mean i think the, it flows the, the, well the thing is is that there's there's a differential and it looks like you know for a lot of things and in some of the lists that i was looking at only focused on stuff um uh, post-millennial so like 2001 or above or even like 1999 i would be like I, I, I would feel bad if I didn't mention these. I know I'd go to sleep, and I would not feel good. No, go for it. Um, of course, Battlefield Earth did not perform as well. You know, it, it's, it yeah, lost but money, that, but no, it's no, not no. on the big Battlefield list. Battlefield
0: Earth, because, uh, it had to have made money because it got them to sell more copies of the book, which, according to Scientology's uh, settlement with the government, is a tax-exempt religious thing so they made money somewhere
2: well, plus
1: john travolta right. personally invested so much yeah. in that right
0: that helped
1: uh, but i mean just, just
2: based on i mean not yeah. that i'm yeah, saying yeah, that the on, producers lost money i'm saying like the oh, what, yeah. what on paper how on much it paper, cost. Yeah, i think it was yeah. like 76 million in the whole yeah. last i looked mm-hmm. but i mean compared to like some of these other ones it it's like a difference of like 20 million dollars yeah. or so as far as like what losses were so it might be like maybe what number 35 or you know whatever yeah. on the list uh howard the duck yeah you know that was a big one i because i think some of this stuff just didn't go f- you know far enough back um boy hudson hawk remember how much stock was put into uh, hudson i remember hawk for the longest
0: out? time that's like when you talked about bucks box, box office bombs it's like oh hudson hawk yeah. you know but uh because they were just
2: hyping that up so much
0: but it was like bruce willis's like passion project i remember
2: i actually yeah. had
1: the uh, novelization of hudson hawk yeah just, oh just throwing that out there for some like i i, I hadn't seen the film i hadn't yet. watched I, I it until it like time. this
0: year and i was like it's cheesy i mean i can see why it didn't play because it's basically like bruce willis and his friends just kind of doing what they want to do paper basically yeah, this yeah. weird kind of it, I don't even know why it was... You know, it
1: was, it was one of those films... I do remember having a amazing it had, trailer.
0: It had weird like, running jokes. All these, like, like weird song and dance numbers. Like, yeah. you
2: know... It, well, it's kind of like the, the oddball thing with Mel Gibson always wanting to do, like, the Three Stooges. Yeah. And they did the Three Stooges with the Farrelly brothers. And, I mean, really, honestly, well, no one Sam cared. Sam
1: Raimi's passion project for so long was wanting to do a Three Stooges film. And, you know, everybody wants to do you know there a lot of people like i said so many you can tell where, like like hugo you mentioned as yeah. a passion there's there's a, f- a few films that i think will always be there that um you know still come through you know like i said there, there's a few of them i, I shouldn't have said it's completely void of quality because i think there's a few on here mm-hmm. uh like i said some just suffered from different issues but in the end um I think that you know, yeah. Those, it's. I mean, you could go on. You could list for a long time, oh, yeah. and it's funny because people are looking at like it's a. It's all the. <laughs> Clickbait Gawker kind of thing where yeah. it's like everything has to be a top ten or top twenty. But I think people would be really interested to see what's in the lower ranges, like the fifties and sixties. But I mean, it's like a money ball kind yeah, of thing. Well, it's, it's really where the money lies. Is, yeah. is where it boils I, I just down
0: to. don't think it's it's necessary anymore. I mean, I think in the in the pre millennial, maybe you could make the argument that like box office bombs were based on quality
2: or what people. Oh, that bomb because nobody wanted to see that. You can't say that anymore. Right. Right, yeah. and that's kind. Of, I think that's kind of where Kirby was going. Like hundred years from now, yeah, are are people going to remember that Hugo didn't meet its mark? You know, and it was like seventy million dollars less than what it should have made. Yeah, no, they're going to look at it for the come, movie yeah. itself. You know,
0: yeah, it's not. It's not
2: those movies' fault that the, the movie budgets are ridiculous or a. Or you know, today I mean, do you think of Flash Gordon being a box office bomb? Or I think you th- of the
1: killer soundtrack is what I think. Yeah, about.
2: right. But I mean, do you think it was or was not? <laughs> Cause I did look it up. Was it? That's I, what I'm asking. you. I, do you I think it was or it remember. wasn't?
1: Uh, I would probably say it didn't make much money back then. I, I don't remember if it made. I think I want to say it broke even,
0: but that's it. Like at I'm least, yeah, it broke, broke even. even. Yeah, yeah, but I know now it has, cause I, I'm, you know, I, I just bought a Mondo like steel book oh, flash sure, yeah. Gordon. So, so, it so, has, so yeah, yeah, it has. Well, it's yeah. Again, it's like, but yeah, yeah it, the, the, the huge. Importance
1: is differentiating between post and uh, pre millennial era, pre millennium millennial era, but the other one, pre millennial tension. Yeah, but the one that I really think about is, I mean, because I like to, con- uh, again, like that that contrast and stuff, it's kind of like when people talk about the most successful films. Mm-hmm. Just a quick say something is is that I, I think I'm more amazed. People go, you know, I mean, I hate James Cameron, like, current. Like, I just do. like Because, I mean, I think Avatar and Titanic are just garbage. Mm-hmm. And I hate that, you know, oh, I got the top films. I'm like, yeah, but they're not good. They're not even good bo- popcorn movies. They're just garbage. And I said, it, but it's one of those things where, I mean, like, I also don't think you know. I mean, your best films like Terminator Two and stuff. I mean, that's the film that I go. God, man, that should be number
0: one. Right. But it's like I think Catherine Bigelow's made like yeah. overall much many more better movies than James. Oh, without Cameron a has. doubt. Just
1: watching Near Dark again this weekend, I was like, God, that's such a perfect movie.
0: Yep. But um, but what I want to say is that hey, James James Cameron has made like what Terminator One, Terminator Two. That I would say are good. Um, yeah. Aliens. Aliens, True Lies. What am I missing? Those are the four I would think of that are really good.
2: Yeah, yeah, because there's a long gap before that, in Titanic, The Abyss, somebody. Oh, oh, abyss. Was oh abyss. I suppose. No,
1: I mean, if you were to say like it's a not, it's not. I would say a it's favorite, an influence. He's made a lot of Influence. That, yeah,
0: I don't really like The Abyss that much.
1: Neither do yeah. I. But I also would say visually, it's yeah. pretty amazing. But I just want to say, I mean, where I'm going with this is to cut it short here as we're winding down. But it's just that like. I think another thing is about like wanting to understand the reasons why films are box office bombs is also to understand why films are box office successive, which there's a huge difference in current times versus classic. Well, that might be but a better yeah. If uh, another w- another episode, but when you really think about, it, I always just go back to like Gone with the Wind and just think about a film that how much money it made traveling to tent shows in theaters all over during a great the great depression oh, the and, dust all, bowl and, and all then that dust bowl and i wonder how much
0: money rocky horror picture show is making
1: or something like that or texas chainsaw massacre with the mafia influence and all these other films i mean we can go on you know the the, the well-known stuff and that is another episode but i think that that same uh, scientific method should be applied to um, box office bombs I think you really need to look at all the circumstances and all the things and then in the end though it should be about what your opinion is if it's a film you enjoy and that comes to what we were talking about like a pixels or something or mm-hmm. some of these films down the line that are current now um, we're moving in such a fast paced thing, but people, you know, whether it's the gratuitous that they're throwing in all these 80s things, and there's always 80s movies like our Hot Tub Time Machine, which mm-hmm. I enjoyed, mm-hmm. but it's like you got to find, uh, there's got to be a balance. And that's because the fact is, we're also, we are completely running out of ideas in so many senses for films. Yeah, and but, they want those ideas like yeah, quickly, fast. And, and they want them know? fast, but then I'm, I still see movies that I'm blown away sure by how good they are and how original they are so there's hope and then and when you hope like that those two things will meet right eventually.
2: and when you you know listen to those commentaries or anything like that you know there there was some spark from the very beginning and everything just fell into place yeah to where you know the ones that just don't do well it's you always hear well it's you know they're, they're always pointing figures at somebody else you know i mean I'm, again it goes back to the thing that said well when you're on a set what is the vibe like i mean or if something falls apart, are you just blaming everybody else? It's like a dominoes effect. There are too many cooks. You know, like mm-hmm. said, there's some... What is the formula? I suppose if, you know, we knew... Yeah. We'd be making some pretty kick-ass movies. So let's just call up John Carpenter... <laughs> Uh, get Kurt Russell. Get right Kurt there, Russell. Right? Yeah. Call oh, yeah. There you go. There's your formula right there. Get those fuckers to make yeah. more movies and, and just remake
1: it and all Remake it vampires up. and just call it a day. And we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's as good a note as any to tie this off. Sweet. Dump it into the ocean. Call what do we got it. coming up, Victor? Uh, so, uh, we do have on August 22nd, The Last Starfighter. It's going to be a great show. We have giveaways from Starfighters Arcade and the Game On Expo. Our friends and sponsors Zia Records will be there, and that's going to be a good time. Find out more about that on cultclassicsaz.com facebook.com slash A Z. as always if you enjoy our podcast subscribe to us on iTunes keeping it free keeping it awesome gets the word out helps our ratings and the popularity you know tell your friends cult following on iTunes and as always you can find out more about what we're doing by visiting cult classics every month Polytech Polytechnic Cinemas and just to tie it all up i am one of your three hosts victor marino kirby nelson and i and join us next time for our next episode be on video game movies and we'll have a special guest so until next time don't eat after midnight don't make a box office spawn. oh
2: <laughs> that was pretty good